could have got rid of me, but you didn't. I'm back. The cap is back. Welcome to our favorite podcast. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, I'm the host that was almost kicked out, but I'm back. The cap here with my two partners in crime. I don't know if I should call him that anymore because he ran the show without me. Mike, the finance guy. Yay. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Yay. <laughs> yeah, you love it. You miss me. And Ralph the Tech. Exterminate. <laughs> That's what you wanted to do with me because obviously you guys had a great old time without me last week. Oh, man, you weren't even missed. We, we propped up a stuffed dummy in the corner and yep. just... <laughs> A stuffed dummy, wow. That's messed up on multiple levels. He did just as good a job as you always do. (laughs) Ralph, don't be mad because it was your blow-off doll and it got popped at the end of the show. (laughs) Duct tape just doesn't work like it used to. (laughs) Well, what I'll say is uh, I I will give you props for two seconds. I was on my way to go see my grandmother. That's why I didn't make the show. And I was stuck in traffic for like forever. And And I downloaded the podcast. And it was okay. It was pretty good. I was very impressed. You guys, you guys worked well. But what did you expect? Right. Well, when I started listening to the rest of it, that, I mean, because in the beginning, I was like, wait, they, they, they didn't do the intro. Mike's like, what? Is it on? Is it on? <laughs> I'm like, these yeah. fucking guys can't do shit without me. <laughs> I'm just like, is it, it was working? part of the bit. And then you got warmed up, and then it was good, and then you talked about Doctor Who, and I fell asleep for the rest of the car ride. Yeah, sure. <laughs> You were probably riveted at the edge of your seat. It's like, oh my God, I'm really going to have to watch I'm this sure now. I'm sure you've been downloading Doctor Who left and right after that. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, please. You two being the fucking Doctor Who chum buddy that, oh my God, it's so great. What else is great, Ralph? I'll tell you, Mike. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you're explaining. I'm like, let me see if I can get it. No, I couldn't. I, oh, by the way, um, Mike, Donna Troy is not the person from Star Trek. No, that would be uh, the Wonder Girl. I realized that right when I was listening to that podcast. I'm like, Donna Troy. I'm like, oh, I was thinking of Troya. Or, 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 or Deanna or, or, Troya. Or Deanna Troya, right. right. I was like, Mike? Mike got it wrong? Well, yes. He's only human. Kind of mostly. As, as we saw today before the show, I know something you didn't know. Oh, <laughs> one thing out of a couple of things. And, and Ralph, one thing I'm very surprised at, because we, we when I saw Ralph later on in the week, we were talking about um, watching shows. And we, I busted his chops about Walking Dead. I go, I still can't believe you want, you don't watch it. And, and Ralph was like, oh, it's too dramatic. You know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go beyond one episode because then I start ripping it in half. So then, really? Ha. Wow, I see the cap is back and his phone is working just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's my mom. She gets a pass. Anybody else you can yell at me about. So anyway, so what, what Ralph was telling me was that, you know, I, I, I don't watch it. It's too dramatic, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Ralph, you don't like drama or dramatic series, but you like Once Upon a Time. Hey, there's more action in it than there is drama. Oh, come drama. on. There's no action in that there shit. There's tons of action in it. Th- really? So, yeah, there really is. Oh, yeah, but there's a lot of story buildup, right? But there's story buildup, but not in a... Um, it, I mean, again, there's I love... action I love, story uh, buildup. Once Upon a Time, and I love Walking Dead, but I mean, it, there's just a different storytelling type. Yeah. Walking Dead is, is a lot slower. I mean, in, in sleep, a good way, but it's and slower. And Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow has more a, action. Has action. But my thing is this, you have to let stories build, and the fact that you're like, I can't watch Walking Dead because it doesn't build, but you watch... You, you it doesn't watch, build. I, you know what? I, I'm going to put your man card on probation. Right. <laughs> hey, coming from a guy who hasn't had a man card since 1967. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't mistake me for, for, for Mike's graduation oh, date. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was all quiet. How did I get involved? 
I gotta pull you back in. I'm like, no, no, no. No one's safe when the captain's <laughs> renting. All right, but but the, all jokes aside, I really uh, it was really good to listen to you guys work. Um, I definitely look forward to doing it again, just not too soon. Well, <laughs> we we both look forward to doing it again without you too. Yeah. See, <laughs> when you get when you have awesomeness and you put greatness in it too. You're going to have a really awesome podcast. But you know what's funny? I have both of that. So what did you guys have when I left? <laughs> An even better show. <laughs> and more food to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I heard about that. I, I, for, for those who don't know, when we, um, the person who hosts the podcast at their house, they're the people that usually provide the food. I mean, it's obvious. But Mike and I, we won't order. Usually we'll like make fresh food. We'll cook. And Mike and I are always like competing. For, like Who's going to provide the better grub? Me. hey i run a i run a pretty like i told ralph when he was eating the lasagna go dude mike makes food pretty good i'm not better than him but i can keep pace oh yeah no the food's always good it has been quite an epic showdown between these two (laughs) masters of culinary skill i'm waiting to see your culinary skill i told you pb and j boys pb (laughs) and j well, maybe he'll make it fresh. Maybe he'll, like, stomp the grapes and, you know. <laughs> you said stomp the grapes. I thought about Lucy for some reason. Hey, Lucy. Hey, Lucy. You got splaining, too. <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. First off, happy Halloween. I mean, it just passed. It was a pretty good Halloween. Woo. No, yeah. I love a Halloween, even though I didn't dress up. Yeah, no, I know. I was thinking that maybe you might have dressed up, Mike. Uh, no, there's nothing to go to in particular. And by that point, I was also out of imagination for dressing up. Translation, his Superman suit was still in the cleaners. Pretty much. <laughs> and my Aquaman tights weren't dry. <laughs> It's funny because I, I think about Superman. I'm like, oh, Mike could have just worn a plain blue shirt yeah. because they're all tight. So. <laughs> hey, just because I have my, my Flash shirt on is nice, you know. It's got, it's got to show the chest. Maybe that's a hint to make this podcast go fast. Hope it goes in a flash. <laughs> but yeah, Halloween, Halloween was cool. I mean, I was. I, you saw what I what I put on um, Facebook, right, Ralph? Which one? Um, I put a picture of a zombie Felicia Hardy that I oh, yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah that, that was actually good. Yeah, it was like, wow, that was really cool. It's funny because I'm walking down to Union Square, bump into this girl. Everyone and she turns around like, holy fever. shit. First I was scared, and I was like, can I take your picture? And she was all like, all about it. She even like posed me. She's like, right. I was like, she even gargled for me. This is hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much of an accomplished to, uh, accomplishment to scare you because, you know, you're... Coming from the guy who won't watch Walking Dead? Not because it scares me. Please, you, you like the gore, but you don't watch Walking Dead. But you'll watch Zombieland. Zombieland was funny. Zombieland was yeah, okay. it was okay. It was, okay. It was funny. <laughs> I love Bill Murray. Yeah, oh, I'm just glad he's dead. <laughs> him and him and his five. I'm just glad part. he's dead. <laughs> but yeah, so so Hall- Halloween was cool. I mean, um, there's a lot of interesting thing that's come up. But even in comic books, usually they do like a Halloween special. Yeah. And I didn't see any of that stuff this year. No, nothing. Nothing Halloweeny went on at all. Actually, in the comic book world. Uh, I was trying to think of anything, but uh, nope. Actually, I mean, you know, you figure DC scared us enough last month with Villains Month. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to scare away anybody else. <laughs> and um, by the way, um, it's funny that you say that because I was reading Kick-Ass 3. And they made You a- know, I saw it on the list and I'm just, I just shook my head. I'm like, it's Kick-Ass 3, issue 4, I believe. Issue 4, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I know Cap is reading this garbage. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I like the original series and I'm hoping that they're trying to turn it around. Um, there's a part where um, Kick-Ass talks about... He, he was mad about a couple of things. He goes, it's bad enough I'm mad about um, Villains Month. I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow, he I, took a I dig guess Mark Millar doesn't want to work for DC anymore. <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> so uh, that made me laugh a lot. But it, what's funny is there, there is one thing I realized in comic books that does relate to to, um, to Halloween. What's that? 
um, the the new Archie series we were talking about. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, Archie has a new series called Afterlife Archie. That's the name of it, correct? Uh, Afterlife with Archie, I Afterlife think. Afterlife with Archie, yes. You have the book right over there. Just take yeah, a look. Yeah, but that's behind me now. I buy it behind <laughs> Like we said, guys, the dummy on the sofa moved just as much as Cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well... Um, Afterlife with Archie, from what I um, from what I've read so far, should I give it away? You haven't read it yet, right, Mike? I haven't read it yet. Okay, so I don't want to give away too much, but I'll say it's 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 placed in the. Um, if you ever anybody read Archie, uh, uh, by, by the way, this is Archie. Archie, we're talking about. We're, we're, yeah. This is not good. This is Archie, Jughead, Betty, Veronica. Hot I was Dog, just going to say Reggie, Moose, Reggie. Right. If anybody has read an Archie comic, it's very cartoony. It's very like, I want to say. I was gonna say Melrose Place. I was gonna say it's like nine hundred two one zero, but very very kitty, very Saved by the Bell. Kind yeah, of. I was about to say more Saved by the Bell. I mean, it's it's basically Archie's. I think it is from the the what late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very much a a a idealized version of what youth in a small town, you know, with kids is supposed to be like. But at the same time, not in the let's make our world this way. It's a tongue in cheek. Like this is what I guess people believed the world for kids was supposed to be during that time period, you know? So everyone's very fresh-faced, and the jokes are and all white. puns. And yeah, white. everybody's white. There, <laughs> there wasn't a black person. I think they introduced a black person maybe in the 80s, and I think yeah. only two years ago, they actually finally they went through a big thing. They um, they put a gay character in the Archie comic. Right. Yeah, you know, so, so they, they're, they're finally mellowing out a little bit. So, so they, they talk like, gee, Willikers, man, yeah, what just was about, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just about, Seriously, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's where Sabrina the Teenage Witch actually came from. And she's, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I had no idea until I was talking with one of the guys at the other job about that. And he's like, yeah, Cap, um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch wasn't the TV show, and then they made the cartoon. Mm-hmm. It was from Archie's yeah. comics that they created that character. Yeah. I had no, I had no because, idea. Again, I, cause I, again, I guess we could look it up, but um, like I said, Archie, I believe, is from the 60s time period, so then there would have been Bewitched going on as well. So I think they just thought, oh, wouldn't it be kind of funny to, again, throw in that slice of... Americana about because Bewitched you know take away the magic it was still the Ozzy Harriet like the wife is at home she doesn't work she makes the dinner she has a drink for her husband he goes out and works all day I mean it was a very idealized again figure of how the world should have been or at least how the politicians made us think it was going to be you know yeah I mean except I think if they would have really thought it out they would be like really do we want a ginger to be in charge of our entire comic book series (laughs) because gingers have no soul wow And now we apologize to all the gingers of the world. <laughs> Pretty much, we've just apologized to all of Ireland. <laughs> uh, except for the black Irish, they're cool. Um, but, yeah, so, so to go they're on... They're not that kind of black, if you didn't know that. They're I, not... I know. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mike, Mike, I'm gone a week, and that's what you think of some kind of... So some kind of stuff dummy. Never mind. You just said that before. <laughs> I can just see you show up in Ireland. We're all the brothers. We're not that kind of black Irish. That's not that kind of black Irish. <laughs> no, but, but to go back to what we were saying, this comic book is basically so. So if you understand the regular Archie comic, it's very cartoony. It's very like, um, very hokey, wholesome kind of fun. Yeah, and like Christian this, ideals, etc. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then so they when pray you see every this night comic, before they go to sleep. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, I, I would say you're not too far from what it is, or from what it is until this afterlife with Archie because now it's done with a serious artist doing the art. It's Frank, is it Francis um, Francavella? Yes. Frank I Avella. love Francavella. I, I didn't realize how, I mean, I've only seen him in a couple of things but when I saw him in this it was pretty good. So imagine all those characters, it's like making Snoopy and Charlie Brown real life looking people. Okay, cool. And, and so, it's, but the idea is that one of the characters um, 
deals with a death and they're trying to bring it back to life and they have Sabrina the Teenage Witch in there. Who else is going to help bring somebody back to life? And, exactly. and, then, and then somehow it causes a zombie outbreak and all the characters that you know are there. So there's Betty, there's Veronica, there's Reggie, there's Moose, right. there's Mr. Willoughby and all, all of them. They're all there and they're, and they're all like, I guess what you would say, comic, comic-ized representations of their really, really cartoon comic-y selves. Okay. So it looks, you know, it looks a little bit more real um, and it's a little bit more serious. I don't want to give it if you might when you go home read it. Yeah, we'll have to talk about it at some point. I think it's only a mini series anyhow. So I think right. it's only going to be four or five. I think five issues. I think it was four, but four, I mean, yeah, I, four I could or be five. Wrong. So it'll be pretty soon. It wouldn't be the first time you were wrong. Oh, <laughs> and it'll never be the last. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, once upon a time lovers. Um, uh, you know, if you watched it, I have know. I have watched it, oh, and that's why I diss it. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, I'm we'll like quiz that. you after the show and see it's how like, much you've oh, watched man, it. It's like, oh man, and Milan is on. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy. Oh come on, get a grip. Hey, well, Milan was actually trying to put some moves on the princess Aurora there for a while that's too. Right? Yeah. Oh really? Wait, wait, wait. They, they try to do a. Well, she was going to confess her love to the person she loved the most, and she went to see Princess Aurora, which is Sleeping Beauty. Yep. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, the prince and I are going to get married, and Milan's like. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, then I'm going to go join this Warriors group over here. So they made, they made Milan yep. a dyke. Yep. Okay. Well, we usually say lesbian. I still yes. <laughs> and now we will apologize to uh, all the lesbians out there. To all the lesbians out there. Especially those from Irish descent. <laughs> hey, I have no problem with lesbians. We have things in common. We both like to eat. Um, wow. <laughs> but Holy moving man. right along, um, I believe, Mike, you stumbled across some other news that was going on in the comic world. Just quick stuff that you're telling <laughs> us about. <laughs> For all that you wanted to know about the Ultimate Universe, and for those out there that are going, what Ultimate Universe? Um, you've probably heard the news, um, you know, uh, that there was the uh, that's, that Peter Parker died about two years ago, right? And that was in the Ultimate Universe, which is um, the main universe that we all know is six one six. Without getting too numerical, but that's just how like there's a multi universe um, out there in the Marvel world. The main universe that we always deal with is six one six. That's where everyone is still familiar to us. The Ultimate Universe was, uh, that was at least, I think ten, 2000. Ten, it was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like 13, so 13 years ago. Years ago. Oh, shit, yeah. They came out with the Ultimate Universe, and that was their way of, a, Marvel's way of expanding their product, first of all. And then also they had said that they what they wanted to do was um, make it a little bit more relatable, meaning that they de-aged almost all of their characters um, for the most part. So, like, you know, I, I think the X-Men were once again in their late teens, right. et cetera, et cetera. And most heroes, like Spider-Man, I think he was back in high school, and I think yep. he was only 14 by time they when, when they, they, started, age, when they started yeah. Yeah, either thirteen or fourteen, so they de-aged a lot of everybody, and then tried to bring it up to a little bit more modern speed, so that like he uh, Peter Parker instead of being a photographer worked on the digital Daily Bugle website, right. and, and just little things like that. So eventually, um, as the, the Peter out in the Ultimate World never really worked well because another thing that they were telling us is that it was going to be a brand new take on the Marvel Universe, and. They did do different takes, like meaning that um, some villains weren't villains, uh, people that we knew knew each other, didn't know each other, or rivalries weren't always there. Right. But it wasn't clever enough, and instead of them just making a whole new universe, period, they kept trying to reintroduce the regular universe and just be slick about it, right. and the public got tired of it pretty fast. The only thing that really caught on um, was the Ultimate Spider-Man itself. Um, Ultimate Fantastic Four was actually really good, and then it and wasn't. Ult- <laughs> and, and Ultimate X-Men wasn't bad. And, well, the original Ultimates, which is where most of our um, Avengers movie stuff is based off of, that's that was also a really good run in its first volume, and, and then and, and the second one. And Ultimate X-Men. Right, and the Ultimate X-Men, that, yeah. it started off really well, and again, it also petered down. Um, so anyhow, so in the Ultimate Spider-Man, it was the only thing that was left out of the Ultimate Universe, and... 
they eventually decided to kill Peter Parker, which was a good marketing device. And also, once again, they decided to bring the universe, try to make it a little bit more relatable so that when they killed Peter Parker, they had soon afterwards um, Miles Morales, who was half black, half Puerto Rican. He became bitten by another experimental spider and very similar powers, but then also different. In other words, yes, he could stick to walls. Um, he didn't have organic webbing and neither did the Spider-Man in that universe, but he does eventually end up with Peter Parker's web shooters. Yep. But then he can um, camouflage himself, yep. right? basically almost making himself invisible. And he can also like um, make a venom blast, which is what Spider-Woman from the regular universe could do, and his is kind of different. He touches you, and it just zaps you. Anyhow, yeah. so we had a now multiracial... He, he can know, do the zap through the webbing. Right. Yeah, so we had a multiracial um, Spider-Man, and out of the Ultimate Universe, you only had the Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, and the Ultimates, is all the comics that were left. Unfortunately, the sales of the last two are not doing that well. So, yeah, it's only Spider-Man. It's only Spider-Man that's been holding this for almost two years. And Marvel has finally said that they're going to um, get rid of the entire multi... Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the multi-universe, but the Ultimate Universe. And um, so all the issues that are coming out in this month and maybe the last one in next month will be the end of the Ultimate Universe. And they're starting a project called um, Cataclysm. And what it is is that just like they've been... And I don't get where they're going in the regular universe, in the Marvel Universe, but there's uh, anyone that's reading a bunch of stories. It's not just the Infinity Wars. It's, it's not just the um, all-new X-Men and the Battle of the Atom. Everyone has been complaining that our Earth has been ripping apart the universe with time travel stuff. And that's the excuse that they're using in the Ultimate World. So what's happening is that in the Ultimate World, there was a horrible and I do say horrible storyline where their version of Galactus, and Galactus is the guy, giant guy with the weird hat, he's the world eater, in our normal universe. In the Ultimate Universe, he was a swarm of these mechanical-like locusts, and they were called Galactus, and it was a horrible storyline. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. So um, they do still recognize that that was a Galactus, but that was their version in the Ultimate World. They did manage to, I think, destroy that Galactus, but because of the time problems that we're having and it's ripping problems through universes, our Galactus shows up in the Ultimate Universe, and they have no way to stop him. Wow. Yeah. So that's how it's going to end? Well, I mean, again, we don't know exactly how. I mean, they literally Cataclysm 0.1, not even point, not even 1, but 0.1 just started today, and I haven't read it yet. I flipped through it, so I saw a lot of what goes on in it, but that I'm sure it'll be something with Galactus will eventually um, be the end of it all. The, uh, I was talking to some of the comic book uh, shop people, and they said that they are they think that Marvel is going to try and save Miles Morales in some way and maybe they fold him into our universe. Um, but again, everyone in Marvel is being completely typed off of it. Um, Bendis, Brian Bendis is the creator of that character, and he will not say anything at all. You know, So that's very hush-hush right now. Well, we all know that if uh, Marvel doesn't save Miles Morales... His boyfriend, the cap here, will. <laughs> hey, I'm all about diversity. We've yeah. talked about it before numerous times, and it's and Miles Morales. In some ways, and we've talked about the Ultimate Spider-Man. In some ways, it is stereotypical on how he got his powers, you know. Right. Um. Or like, you know, it was just like a facsimile of the way Peter Parker got his powers, but also the fact that you know, yeah, you have a African American um person who works in Oscorp and happens to steal. Um, right. One of the experiments. So, and Mike was making this point, you know, um, the the other week. I think we were talking yeah. about that. So it's kind of like, wow, you know, yeah, you go stereotype that way, and that's kind of messed up. But even for all that stuff, I like the fact that it's half black, half Puerto Rican, and his experience is different, his life is different, and he's not Aranya. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god, Aranya. I keep thinking that she's still around, but she's not. Isn't she Spider Girl? 
Is she Spider Girl? Ralph. Robin? Is it Rania? Is she Spider Girl now? Ralph is the only one with a laptop. You, uh, everyone <laughs> else. It's funny. Here, if, I, I have, if we're if wondering why we're asking him, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say was that even even with that, I just I would want them to keep Miles Morales. Well, he was a good character. No, like I said, I mean, and I think we all agree that um, you know diversity is needed. I mean, diversity and also um, you know uh, more treatment for women and and others, gays as well. You know, Absolutely. Whole, you know, there needs yeah. to be better treatment. And um, so Rania is Spider Girl now. She right? is Spider Girl. That's what I thought. Um, but, you know, sometimes when they, they add a character and they just kind of throw in a minority character, usually very minimal or worthless kind of powers, not really thought through, whatever. This Miles Morales, they did a good job of making him Spider-Man, and you've actually grow to like him. I mean, Peter Parker's always Spider-Man, um, but, you know, it, it, they, they accepted that. It's not ignored. The world in the Ultimate Universe found out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, so he's very reverential to Spider-Man. The only interesting thing, and I was bringing this up to the guy in the comic shops that I was talking to, is that there was a really, really, really good um, book called Spider-Men that came out a year ago. It was a five-part right. issue. Definitely read it if you haven't. Uh, I think a lot of people avoided it, thinking it was going to be garbage. It was actually very well written, and what it was about was Spider-Man, Peter Parker of our world. Um, he gets into an adventure with uh, Mysterio, and Mysterio opens up a portal into the Ultimate Universe, thinking... Uh, that he could kill him there. It's unimportant for that part, but anyhow, Miles Morales ends up meeting, um, ends up meeting Peter Parker, and of course, like I said already, it's a, it's a great story because Peter Parker in the Ultimate World is dead. So you have people seeing Peter Parker dressed as Spider Man in the Ultimate Universe, yelling things like, "Dude, that's tacky. That's in poor taste. The dude is dead." And at one point, when Peter Parker. It saves this guy from being mugged. Again, he's in his Spider-Man suit. He has no idea what universe he's in. He thinks he's still home. Um, the guy's just like, dude, that's tacky. You know, that costume is horrible. And he's just like, well, what's the, par uh, what's the problem? He goes, don't you know who I am? And, you know, he's kind of thinking, like, you're going to be like Spider-Man. The guy's like, well, you think you're Peter Parker? And he just, like, gets stunned as hell. He's like, what, 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 what? no, no, I, who, who's that? <laughs> who's <laughs> Peter Parker? I'm not Peter Parker. <laughs> you know, and that's when How the, did you know yeah, that? <laughs> right, and so then eventually he finds out that, you know, his self over there is dead, and so that's kind of interesting. Um, really great stuff that he, uh, you know, like I said, the whole world by that point knew who Peter Parker was. So when he, Aunt May gets there, to When he confronts meet, Aunt May and Gwen Stacy. And, Gwen, and, Gwen, and Mary and Jane. Mary Jane. Oh, it's just man. wonderful. Um, it's, it's just so well written. And then, of course, Miles Morales gets to meet him. And uh, he passes, and Peter passes on some words of wisdom, and of course, you know, things ensue to make it an action story. Um, but so what it ends with is that well, we know what happened to the Peter Parker in the Ultimate World. But what they do is when Peter gets home, he's thinking, "Gee, I wonder if there's a Miles Morales in my world." And you see him look up Miles Morales on his internet, and you just see the the, the light from the screen hitting Peter Parker's face, and he's got this look that's kind of like shock, maybe hard. You can't tell what the look is, but we don't see what it is. So they have at no point let us know what has happened, if Miles exists, or whatever. And I think that was done intentionally because I bet you a year ago, I'm sure Bendis and those guys had to know the ultimate world was going to end. So they probably didn't want to like give a story already. So you know it will be interesting right. to see what happens. I was I was wondering if they were ever going to come back to that. Yeah. And I had a feeling they would. I mean, I don't know if they knew the. the I mean, you're you're. They probably knew the. It was a year ago. They had to know. I mean, the numbers or, or, have been down. And even if they didn't know, I think maybe they would. They were going to leave that story open to a Claremont. Right. Leave the story open so when you need to come back to it. Right. Yeah. For those who don't know, Chris Claremont, writer of the X Men, would would was notorious for leaving so many open ending, uh, open ended um, storylines. So it would be a full story arc. But you wouldn't know what happened to certain characters, or certain questions would be unresolved. That was more in his later years, though, because all the way up until the the Phoenix Saga ended, 
because he did his run basically from uh, the original, I mean, I'm sorry, the all-new X-Men, which would be Wolverine, Storm, etc. He started from there all the way through the death of the Phoenix. And I don't think there was anything that was really open. Then I think it was it got a little bit later on. I think he started getting kind of cocky. And then it was, maybe he thought, like, they'll never let me go. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they started hinting about th- there's a third Summers brother. <laughs> and that was a big debate. It was like, oh, is there a third Summers brother? And for years, we were like, oh, no, that's just hearsay. Until they finally came out with a third Summers brother. And I stopped reading the X-Men right after that. <laughs> who, who was that one? Was that the one that shot lasers out of his ass? <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> I, I would have respected that. <laughs> All right. So. so, yeah. So, that's the ultimate news. Anybody that's reading Ultimate Spider-Man... Um, the issue that is coming out will be the last issue for the regular series. And if you are willing to know what's going on, start reading Cataclysm. All right, cool. And you said that you also had news on our favorite comic book, Lock and Key. I warned you all. No one heeded Those my warning. assholes. I was waiting. <laughs> freaking October 30th came and I'm like, yes, Lock and Key. Then I look online and it says Lock and Key, November 27th. Yep. Those assholes. I, I warned you all. I, they, they, again, the great writing and whatnot, as we've all said, and we had our you know Lock and Keys praise episode, but they are notorious on uh, delaying. And again, Well, even the issue that came out, because I think it came out somewhere around uh, the 12th or whatever of September, somewhere mid-September is when that issue came out. That was supposed to come out early August. Wow. Yeah, that issue. So I, you know, when they said they was coming out for October 30th, I even said then, we'll see. So then when you're, you're saying is November 27th is a, a maybe also. It's happened before with them, and I mean, I'm, I'll be angry. assholes. And, and remember what I told you. Remember when we did the rating for Lock and Key and you guys were all raving? And I'm raving too, but remember what I said? I, I left it like a little bit notch, a notch below perfect because I said, you never know how they're going to end it. Right. And, and you don't know. But now, I think even more so, now that you don't, you, not only do you not know how they're going to end it, but now you have this weight going on. And if that ending sucks and we waited, oh, fuck that. I'm giving it two or three notches down. Not that it's not a great series, but if you, you had us wait for all this The time. angry notch. Oh, that's the angry notch. Absolutely. It's kind of like if you were watching Lost and they let you wait to, for the last episode for like a month and a half, two months. And they're like, wait, they're all dead? That's the big surprise? Oh, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Which is really weird. I never read. I mean, I never watched Lost at all. And I remember reading the review. I mean, the... Uh, the description of the first episode, and I've said, I wonder if they're all dead. <laughs> and people were like, well, that would be stupid. I'm and, like, and for years, evidently I was right. And for years, they would go they would go on book, on record to say, no, that's not it. That's not what we're going for. I was going to say, I heard that they were like, oh, it's not purgatory. They're not dead. And I'm like, well, evidently they were. <laughs> and then at the end, they're like, Psych, we got you. You were right. It was purgatory. <laughs> You're right. Jokes on you. We are horrible writers. You're right. We do suck as writers. <laughs> but okay, so, so, so the lock and key, we have to wait another month. All right, or about a month. All After right. Thanksgiving, it gives us time to digest that turkey. <laughs> I'll probably be away from my well, turkey coma by then. If you go to my house, it's penne. It's what? Penne. Penne? Yeah. Pork. Oh, pork. Okay, right. there pork we go. shoulder. Right. Well, it's, it's all pork. Is it part of the pig? So I don't want, I, yeah, but is Pel- it part of the pig? But if Berlin was pig part. ass, I think you would change your mind. But I don't know. Hey, that's some juicy it, ass. It, or look, no, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've said that, <laughs> you'd have a nickel. <laughs> oh no, I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> you say that shit about relatives. Like, that's a juicy ass. That's just gonna sag in four years. <laughs> if you want to talk about the pork that way, you have to do it like Homer Simpson when he's talking to Lisa one time and. I forget what point she made. And he goes, well, Lisa, that's like saying that bacon, pork chops, and ham are all from the same animal. And she's like, they are. And he's like, oh, you kids need to learn more in school. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
so so okay, we got news unlocking key. Okay. Um, real quick before we get onto the main subject of the first half of the show, did any of you guys read the last um installment of Battle of the Atom? Unfortunately. Oh, God help me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll say this. But, but, oh. but, and great, now we got Ralph's phone buzzing in on us. It's vibrating. Yeah, but it vibrated like what? Like a, somebody's vibrator. <laughs> like, eh. I'm like, whoa, do you lend that to friends of yours? Like, here, sweetie. <laughs> That's how I get the job done. If your phone gets the job done, you must have a really fucked up life. Or, or, or a really good carrier. <laughs> <laughs> or lots of battery power. <laughs> Continue, Ralph. It I'm, must be Verizon because I think they're located in most places that the people don't get to. I have it. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be a great Verizon commercial. Okay, my, before Ralph continues, my girlfriend's probably going to tell me, that's the, that's the quote of the podcast. She always has the, the, the quote of the podcast. She always says, the funniest thing was blank or whatever, so that's probably going to be it. All right. What you were going to say about Battle of the Atom. Okay, um... <laughs> it ended kind of, you know. Shitty is a good word if you're looking climatically, for Climatically, I guess I would say. Anticlimactic. Anticlimactically, but. Okay. At least it ended. <laughs> the sad no, part is, no, technically, no. it hasn't that's ended. What, that's I my mean, issue with just, that. Yeah. that I, we all kept saying it was well, bad after we said it was good. Well, you knew they weren't going to go back after Comic Con. Well, no, no. The fine about not going back, that's fine too. But, but, that, but for the regular X Men, that's fine. But all these other loser fucking characters that were yeah. hanging around, like, really? A couple of them staying behind? Well, yeah. well the, yeah, the ones from. Uh, most of the ones that came from the future went most. back. The only, the only two back are. Um, the only Storm's two that daughter. Are, who? What? Yeah, Storm's daughter. Oh, Storm, um, I thought you said Storm Spider. I'm like, no. who? Storm's uh, daughter. Yeah, um, Chimera. Who is the, we imagine the child of Storm and the Black Panther. Right. And Professor X. The grandson of Professor X is still here. Oh, that's, that's why right. she's there. She's yeah. staying to track him down. Now, I'll tell you right now, put this down, and I, I either will be absolutely correct or I will be damn close to being correct. Now, you're telling me you have the great, you have the grandson of Professor X is here. Our Professor X is dead. His brain, somehow still functioning as alive in some manner, is on the Red Skull, who has been using it for evil deeds. I are, and oh, and by the way, the grandson of Professor X walked into this universe and yet somehow in the melee of one of their battles was immediately stricken down so he's paralyzed and in a wheelchair just like our well-beloved Professor X. So I already see that Professor somehow X. the brain that they're going to eventually have to remove from Red Skull is somehow either going to be transplanted directly into the grandson who looks just like him or the memories a la Spider-Man Doc Ock are going to be transferred into this grandson, and we, lo and behold, will have Professor Xavier right back in this universe. Guarantee. Guarantee it. Maybe. You know what's funny? I didn't even think of that. First and thing I thought of when they said he was here. That is fucking horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm not saying this with pride. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I <laughs> I'm, I'm just mean. saying I, money but, on the table right now. Yeah, but usually I, I, mean, usually I can see sometimes a bad storyline coming. I didn't, I, but now I can see that totally makes sense, especially yeah. with... Um, Red Skull having Professor X's yeah. brain, and, and he'll finally be able. I'm sorry, go ahead, Rob. Let's put the hater rate down a little bit. <laughs> give him a chance. When it comes out, if it comes out. Wait, wait, hold on. We put the gator. We put the hater rate down, or at least I stopped drinking from Mike's hater rate <laughs> um, during Battle of the Atom one and two. Yeah. We were like, oh, I, yeah. I loved it in one and two. Yeah, we were, no, I'm saying, like, we, were, yeah. We, were, we were cool. We were, right. we were chill with it, and then all of a sudden, 
issue three came out. <laughs> Followed by four, five, six, seven, and eight, nine. <laughs> and they hit us in the gut with ten. Yeah. yeah that was just the nut punch right there. <laughs> and, and I don't even want to go into the into that part anymore because I, I mean not only for spoilers, but I just don't want to talk about well, it. it it's I'll not even just spoilers. I, I don't understand half of what went on. Like Jean Grey, I mean, I'm, these are spoilers. I mean, she just explodes. Uh, the future Jean Grey. I'm like, I don't get why. Does she explode? Well, I mean, according to them, she's well, exploded. Yeah, you know, I mean, but uh, you're like, I, I don't get it. Apparently she wears the helmet because she has to keep back her power because it's grown so much. She has to harness right. it, I guess. But we, yeah. we assume, but again, they didn't tell it. In 10 issues, we've learned almost nothing. Yeah. And that's the thing. And But what I really love is that Quentin Quire has the Phoenix Force in him, yeah. and it is the Force because he again they at least they made it very clear he's not the Phoenix. She said the Force is in you because he keeps calling to her, and yet she's holding him off fighting. So you're telling me that she's Jean Grey, regular Jean Grey, right, yeah. regular Jean Grey, is somehow as powerful as a Force of the whole universe? Yep. It, you're just like stop, just stop. So technically, <laughs> she may not be dead. I'll say this though, the Shield in this universe. Sucks so much ass because how long it takes him what the the whole battle happens right and it takes him like two hours to get down onto the field so when they they get down they're surprised that there's no X Men there anymore yeah, it was just like it was a whole mess or, or also I hated the fact Oops. that um sorry they they had the, the 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 Brotherhood of Evil Mutants from the future which were the X Men that we thought they um we thought they were the good X Men turned out they were the bad ones they bring them to the Air Force of the original X Men's fight with Magneto. Uh, if you don't know what that fight looks like, just type into your computer uh, Uncanny X-Men number one. Right. It'll be the original title, first book of the X-Men, and you'll see them fighting Magneto. It's a very classic cover. A little bit hard to describe, so I won't even try and describe it through a podcast. They have the nerve. Jean has brought them all there. She's in her Zorn costume, and in a little panel, they recreate that shot. Right. And I think they thought like it was going to get us to go, ooh, boy, fanboys are going to go, ooh. It, it just <laughs> made me cringe. I mean, fanboys go, oh, really? Yeah. You're going there? You, you're using that gimmick as yeah. a way to kind of like make us accept this book? Well, well, they're basically saying, because I think these X-Men, I don't think, have fought Magneto yet. In other words, they still haven't had that battle. They're now saying this was that battle for them. Yeah. That's what they're establishing, is that they didn't fight Magneto, because at, now, at, at now he's a pseudo-good guy. Right. They've now fought Zorn, which was Jean Grey. Same battle, though. I'm just like, you've just destroyed my, my and, childhood. Thank and you. And, you know, after all of this, I would have thought that um, Wolverine and Cyclops would have reconciled and just, you know, started continuing teaching one school instead of having two separate schools. At least... I mean, again, it wouldn't have been a realistic outcome, but it would have been something from a 10-book miniseries. Yeah. Even, whether or not, if that had happened, who knows if I would have liked it or if we would have liked it. But at least you would have said, what did Battle of the Atom accomplish? And you could clearly have said, well, it accomplished this. All honesty, I don't mean like, like, I, like I'm throwing out that future idea of what they might do with Xavier. I'm talking about from the book, what did it actually accomplish? Uh, it, um, I, I mean, seriously, I'm, I mean, what, what did it accomplish? Hang on, with, <laughs> hang on, with, with spoilers? I mean, yeah, please. Okay. I, mean, I mean, what did I mean, it really accomplish? I mean, not much. I mean, it, 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 it separated Kitty from the team. Yeah. Because Kitty quit. Right. Um, it, But she's going with Scott's team, it looks yeah. like. She's yeah. With, the, with, with like, the original X-Men, by the way, for all of you out there. Yeah, the, the, the original X-Men are going with the older, or the, our Scott's team with Emma and Magneto and all those guys. The uncanny X-Men, right? But other right. than that, I mean, and, and now you know, Jubilee knows that she's going to be a good mom. Ooh. Eventually, she's going to come Ooh. back to the past and die. And, and scary for all of us, we also now know that Jubilee doesn't die yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is just depressing. Question. What's her problem with sunlight? She's a vampire still. Oh, he didn't, oh. He didn't read that X-Men yeah. series when they tried to make it to a vampire where they should have killed her. And also nobody should read that series. <laughs> it's not... I, I'm sorry. I, I like the artwork and yeah. I was hoping that it would be pretty cool. And you know what? For, for two, three years ago, it was kind of cool, but I, if they would have killed Jubilee, that would have been it. Yeah. That would have been okay. They could kill. They could just bring her back and kill her every year, and I'd be fine. I, I, I would skyrocket their sales if every year we're going to kill her somehow more gruesome than the last. So you're going to turn her into Kenny from South Park? If I could, I would. Oh actually. my God! They killed Jubilee. You, you bastards! <laughs> no, it would be like, oh my God! They killed Jubilee. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> oh wait, she's back in the next issue. Yeah. <laughs> actually, so you know what we're going to do right now because I'm getting kind of parched. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back with um the main show. All right. All righty. All right. All right, we're back. Okay, I feel a little bit better after. You know what's funny? That news, that news segment we were going to do yeah. was supposed to be like real short, and we got in. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was one of those. It was supposed to be like, and this happened, and then it happened. That was know? 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were passionate about that shit. Well, wow. that, that part was, that whole intro was 30. Wow. Yeah. Holy man. <laughs> wow. This is going to be an extra long podcast. Watch me say that. It's going to be back to one hour and 30 minutes. Every time like we that. think it's extra long, it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something like that. <laughs> That's you know? why we don't time it anymore because we, before we were timing it and then we were like, yeah, we're too long, we're too short and it's the same shit. Right. <laughs> 127, 138, whatever. I mean, come on. They've heard geeks on the go. We don't We don't care about time. <laughs> That's right. It also, if, if anybody knows Ralph, he doesn't care about time either. <laughs> I am the master of time, not the other way around. <laughs> I won't be time's bitch. That's right. <laughs> I'll show up late whenever. <laughs> hey, when you're important, people will wait. Where's that from? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Was that on the uh, the exit interview of the guy that they fired? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So moving on to one of our main topics today, we're going to talk about a show that's already been in season it's going on its second year, and and surprisingly, the Cap and Mike, the finance guy, the all-time greatest Archer haters, love it. <laughs> Damn, Ralph, stealing my fucking thunder. That's what happens when I leave for a week? Yes. He says stealing thunder? Yes. Mike and I are admitted Archer haters. Damn right. And Mike is the one that, when, when Mike and I first met, what was it, like like seven, eight years ago, something like that? More than that. Yeah, probably more than that. We, one of our first conversations, we were talking about um, archers and talking about how he hated them. And I agreed, but I couldn't conceptualize why I hated them. I just know I didn't like archers. I just thought they were kind of corny. And Mike had kind of broke it down. And correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm saying this right. Mike's standing there and he's telling me, look, Cap, um, we're going into a battle. And you're fighting Apocalypse. And you mean to tell me that your Justice League consists of Superman... Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, all these strong beings, and then you want Green Arrow on your team? What the fuck is he going to do against Apocalypse? Hey, why don't you take that punching bag arrow and punch him in the face? (laughs) Or flick the switch? Hey, every good team needs someone to be the distraction. No, every good team needs somebody to grab the coffee, and that's what we thought Arrow was at the beginning. Well, well, I love those. I mean, because even Marvel, because I don't know, I think somehow Hawkeye has caught on somewhere not so much with the public but with the comic book world and i don't know what it is with this resurgent with him um but if you remember like the the uh the covers from uh um the age of ultron the yeah. very first one every single hero you have cap she hulk hulk she hulk 
Hyperion, who is basically in another universe's Superman. All of these characters and more are literally weighed lace at the, uh, weighed, laid waste at the feet of Ultron, who is this adamantian, you know, supercomputer that emits ion blasts, okay? And the only thing you see left standing through the reflection in Ultron's metal body is Hawkeye aiming an arrow at him. And I'm saying to myself, you've defeated everybody but Hawkeye. How? Superhumans, aliens, super yeah. pe- people laced with adamant. He could just throw out the common cold and put down Hawkeye for a good week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he doesn't have to try. <laughs> so just giving you, re- just giving the audience reference how much Mike and I dislike, and then we can say hate when archers. When you guys first met and you talk about the hate of archers, was that like one of those moments where two people touch the same uh, like fruit at the same time and they look at each other and it's like. Wow. Absolutely. We're soulmates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn it, so stole my fucking thunder again. <laughs> you hate archers? I hate archers too. We're soulmates. Exactly. <laughs> We're BFFs forever. You, you can hear the music, everything else behind you blurs, <laughs> and the soft music starts playing, and it's like, where have you been all my life? Look at you, Ralph, setting the mood. <laughs> yeah. But but no. uh, but yeah, when Mike said that, I was like, yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy I could talk to about that stuff. So for years, we hated archers, and Mike and I we even have jokes about hating archers. And um, when Arrow first came out, before we get to the synopsis, all I'll say is that I was I'm anti Smallville, and I'm anti Archer. Stop so, being a hater. <laughs> oh, here we go. Once upon a time is a superhero version of fucking Smallville. <laughs> I don't it, see it, no Superman in there. It, Look, right. it made it 10 years. Something had to be right or the public had to be that stupid. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's more of two because we're, well, yeah. we're in an MTV universe now. Considering that I was one of the viewers, I would say they're a little bit stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm reading season 11 and that's in comic book form and I have to pay three ninety nine an issue for it because it's oversized. Now, who's the fool? <laughs> <laughs> well, what else? And say? it reads exactly like the show. That's the you keep saying that. You yeah, keep saying it reads exactly like, like it. <laughs> So I don't like Smallville. I don't like Archer. So this is the marriage of the two. It's like your yeah. enemy, like um, dating your ex girlfriend that that Harvey broke up with you. And they have a kid. You're gonna hate that. One of the good things about Arrow though is that um, this is not for anybody that watched Smallville. And I don't want to hear anybody moan out there. Every one of you watched Smallville at some point. I don't yeah. care if you watched all ten years. You watched it. You've at least <laughs> okay. seen one of them with yeah. the Green Arrow. That's true. And you've at least watched a, a year of it. You didn't just watch an episode. Oh, no, 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 you know. no, no. I didn't watch a year of yeah, it. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a total of maybe four or five episodes. And I kept, and I'll tell you, the, the Flash episodes, the first one with Impulse, I watched twice because it was on Reef. Because like, it was so good? Yeah. No. Cause, cause <laughs> I caught, it's one of those episodes you catch on TV. And then you catch the king like fuck. Well, he's fast. He yeah, just spun around. And just, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but there was a Green Arrow character introduced in Smallville. This is not that same character. Nope. So don't think okay. I already know the backstory. It this is the Arrow, even though it's by CW. And by the way, does anyone know what CW stands for? Uh, CW. I, yeah. I, I, I thought I knew, but I guess I don't. It's an amalgam of um, CW is owned by both CBS and Warner Brothers. C and W. Uh, Just FYI. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Look at that little learn, little something here. Um, but it, even though they're both CW programs, this is not related to Smallville in the least. There is no, um, you know, there is no Tom Welling Superman. There is no Superman at least so this far. This ain't your granddaddy's green arrow. Right. Exactly. So anyhow. So anyhow. So oh, uh, so I actually, no, because you, I think it's a great a great segue to go right into the synopsis. I mean. Okay. All, I'm saying, all I just wanted to introduce is that how badly I didn't want to look at this series from Jump. And it took me a season to watch it. And it wasn't even something I wanted to do. Usually we talk about the things we do on the podcast. And then someone said, hey, Cap, why don't you fucking re- watch something that we watch? And I would refuse to fucking watch Once Upon a Time. So I said, well, how about you watch Arrow? 
We'll talk about Arrow next podcast. You know, you get to catch up. It's only 26 episodes. Now, 24. mind you, I didn't get 24, whatever. Yeah. I didn't get to go through the entire thing, but I got beyond Ralph's one and a half episodes of Walking Dead. Hey, that's a plus. And I'll tell you this much. <laughs> so I think it's a good time for you to bring in the synopsis because I just wanted to tell everybody I didn't like it so much. And I have Mike explain it, and we'll talk about why I, I, I like it. I like it. Alrighty. Um, just a little little background here. Okay, um, so Arrow is based on Green Arrow. Now, that's a DC Comics character. Um, he was first introduced in a comic book called More Fun Comics. It was issue number 73, and that was from November 1941. Alright, just to give you... So, he's been around for a while. You were like 30 back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am immortal. <laughs> um, the character was created by Mort Weisinger and uh, George Papp, and at the same time that they introduced Arrow, um, Green Arrow in that comic book, they also introduced Speedy, so it wasn't a wait like with Batman and Robin. And believe it or not, in that same comic book, not the issue, meaning the same story, but it, uh, the, the More Fun Comics was, uh, I think, had three separate comics in it that were ongoing stories. It was also the first appearance of Aquaman. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, to give you an idea. So Aquaman's been around since 1941 as well. Um, so I'll just give you a little background on the little character there. But uh, the series now, Arrow, it's about uh, the return of a young playboy, Oliver Queen, who is believed dead at sea along with his father and his girlfriend's sister. Um, we find out that Oliver washed up on a, uh, on a Pacific island where he was saved and taught how to survive by eventually two people, one an Asian named Yao Fei and an Australian named Slade Wilson, who we all know as Deathstroke from the comics. That's right. At this point, though, he is just Slade Wilson, and they have become really good friends. Uh, but before returning five years later, uh, he returns five years later to Starling City, and he starts uh, going around ridding criminals according to his father's dying wish, and he's doing this as a vigilante known as the Hood right now. And eventually, in the new season, he takes the name Arrow. So that's where we are. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to start going gushing about it yet. So I'll give, have you guys thought of it first. Because you guys have seen the entire first season. And you guys are all caught up with the second season. Yep. Yeah. So I'll let you guys speak first. And I guess I'll chime in every now and again. But I've watched enough to get what you guys are talking about. How, how you guys feel about the series. So I'll, I'll tell you how uh, my expression when I first saw the first episode was like, oh, my God, this guy just cracked like three necks. This is the arrow. And put an arrow in someone's heart. And put an arrow in someone's heart. I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. is a badass green yeah. arrow. Yeah, this was, is my kind of green arrow. It was about time to see one of these superheroes. Again, it's not that we want death. Yeah. It's just that it's if, you're telling, watch. if you're telling well, there's that, but I mean, if you're telling me you're talking about a non-powered vigilante fighting actual dangerous criminals... Yeah, there's none of that like smack smack you know i'm gonna yeah. put you away you're, you're, you're taking them down yeah. you know and the way that the show is done is really well because throughout uh the series you cut from the present to the past where you see how he becomes who he is so you see parts of him on the island so you first you find out that he wasn't the only one that survived the explosion of the yacht it was his father also survived and another man and then his father kills the guy because his father kills the other guy that kills was the with other him, guy right? that was that was with them because he's like Oliver you have to survive you have to carry on and then he shoots himself that, 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 that I was like wow he shot himself in the head just wow to make sure that his son survived now, yeah. now by the way just uh, you know for the family of the other guy yeah. <laughs> just sitting there going we loved our son too you could have shot yourself and your son and let my boy live <laughs> there's two sides to that story absolutely yeah so you, you got that part going on, and, right. and it's just really cool because then now in the second season, 
because they they hinted to it in in the first season because he's speaking Russian. Yes, and he has tattoos. There's one one ish, uh, one episode where he's walking up to a a Russian mobster, and then he shows them a tattoo, and apparently he's high up in that Russian organization. Yeah, he's like a captain or something, right? Yeah. So now in the second season, you see that he actually he's taken off of the island, and this is where you they introduce Black Canary. Who spoiler alert? It's Laurel's sister who was thought to be dead at sea. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah. So she's Black Canary. Oh. Yeah. So for all you Canary fans out there that know that Dinah Lance is actually Black Canary, I don't know what their thought was when they created the series. The love interest or the former love interest to um, Oliver Queen in the Arrow series is a girl that's named Dinah Laurel Lance, and they call her Laurel. Yeah. But by the fact that her name is Dinah Lance says, well, she's supposed to be Black Canary. Black Canary. Right. And like I said, we are seeing at least so far she isn't, unless they're going to do something like down the road that Sarah dies and she takes up the, the mantle or something. Right now, as of this season, we have Sarah. Yeah, but I can't see the actor playing Dinah uh, Laurel. Right. Kicking ass. Just... Well, it would also be sad if they did, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. But anyways, at, at, uh, at the end of the last episode, you see that uh, Diana is in, in. She was trained by the by Ra's al Ghul in the League of uh, Assassins. Uh, Black Canary, you mean? Yeah, Black, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is <laughs> confusing me. So, so Sarah's trained by no, Ra's al Ghul, and you get see out of here. the. I think it was the first episode when the second episode. Second episode. Yeah. Second episode. Uh, they're they're looking Black for Canary, it because you can't leave the League of Assassins. Yeah. Without Black Canary's being in her clock tower. And one of the, of the assassins go after her and she's like, just tell him you never found me. And he's like, well, failure's not an option. He's like, well, I guess you're not going to tell them anything. And she just kills that guy right there. It's like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Because it is the League of Assassins. They're not yeah. the lead of people that give you noogies. <laughs> <laughs> the League but, of Noogie Givers. <laughs> you want to leave? It's okay. Go ahead. We're not going to kill you. <laughs> the, the League of Soldiers with Modest Morals. <laughs> so We're the League of People that don't have much of opinions. <laughs> yeah, show, go ahead. It turns out good. And then in the first season, you have uh, Malcolm Merlin who's a right. Black Arrow. Yeah. Right? And Malcolm Merlin was played by John Barrymore for all of those Doctor Who fans yeah. out there that Captain know him Jack as Captain Harkness. Jack Harkness. Yes. Exactly. If you can see my face. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, let's get to back to Arrow. Fuck Doctor Who. Oh, and, was, and, and another Who reference, though, um, just to throw in there, is that uh, uh, Laurel and Sarah's mother, who has been out of the picture, oh, she's yeah. actually River Song, yes. the actress that played River Song from the Doctor Who series. Yes. Just a a little bit more who going on. Well, he, he's not up to that episode yet because there's, yeah. there's an episode where the mother comes back because she has a picture of Sarah or oh. who she thinks is Sarah. Oh, I had a feeling that, that, that um, Laurel's mom was going to come back. And she's like, she's gone I found her. I found her. This is her. And then the father comes in who, if you ever seen the Dresden Files, he was right. great in that. Yeah, he was really good. See, he saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And they started, the whole episode, they started obsessing, and then the father's like, okay, now we got to stop, and this, and so it turns out that that's not the woman, but Sarah is technically alive. But we have done a lot of jumping. We've, we've talked a lot about the second season, haven't even gotten to the first. Um, yeah. so I was just about to say so, that, I'm like, hey, hey, yeah, but no, but, Just but, so but. that you know, okay, Laurel Lance in this story, she's a lawyer. Um, eventually, she'll become uh, an assistant district attorney, but right now, she's a lawyer uh, for the common man. Her father um, is a police officer. He's right. a detective. Um, so you're already getting right there. So you already have Oliver Queen, who's a vigilante, who's in love uh, with his former love still, who's a lawyer, whose cop is a father. Yeah, I mean, whose father is a cop. So, you know, you're already getting, you can already see how this is turning out. Um, Oliver comes home to his mother, Moira, who's been running the business since the uh, father's death, and Thea, who is his kid sister, 
um, who's kind of become like a little druggy party girl herself in this absence. So he's coming back home and he's more interested in just taking care of what he's set to do. But then he starts to realize his family was falling apart while he was gone and he does kind of need to take care of them as well. So you get a lot of that. Um, you get a great bodyguard um, slash eventual Diggs. helper, Diggs, John Diggles. Um, he's a great guy. And my, of course, the the icebreaker, um, you know, com, uh, comic uh, relief every now and then, Felicia Smoke, which I love that name. Oh, yeah. It's, S-O, it's S-M-O-A-K, but it's Smoke, and I just love her name. But she's she's the nerdy, pretty girl that, like, uh, you know, all those uh, straight comic book readers always think that that's the girl I'm going to find. You know? <laughs> she's she, hot. She, she's female Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But she's the, same, she's the same kind of character for the most part. Like, uh, did anyone watch um, No Ordinary Family? Yes. No. You didn't watch what the that, I love that that, that was anyhow a, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, it was right next to Doctor Who on my DVR yeah. list. Oh yeah. wait, I don't have a DVR. Oh, I don't watch Doctor Who either. There we go. Ah, <laughs> that loser. <laughs> but I know about No Ordinary Family. I heard it was good. Right, but there was just a woman in there that was again every like fanboy's dream girl because she just knew all the comic book stuff and she was just a pretty woman and whatnot. So, but anyhow, so Felicia Smokes is there. She's um the she was the tech person at Queen Industry and eventually she. Uh, She's actually working now as a secretary, and that was actually kind of funny because she feels she's like, like she's being demeaned now. <laughs> she's like, really? I'm I'm the head tech of whatever, whatever, and you're going to make me fetch your coffee? She's just like, I'm not getting you coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the funny part is wow. Diggles, she goes, so my, she goes, my cover is working as your secretary, and Diggles is like, it could be like mine, a black man as his chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver just looks, he's like, but, but, but. You, you could be his black chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. You know. And speaking of black, just 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 going back to season one for a second, I like I really really like the diversity they have. Yeah. Because I was sitting there and, and it's the first thing that struck me. I'm like, okay, the C the C was that the C F O was the C O O that um the black guy the Mo- Mo- that Moira uh, ended and up marrying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's black, British black, but you know, black nonetheless. And then you have Diggles, and, and he's black. And then you have and so like, throughout the world. It's diverse, and I'm like, I, you know, yeah, um, that's a nice La- La- Laurel sidekick, um, um, Joanna, yeah, when they, when she was working for the communities, right, uh, right, for, for the community, um, law defense agency, whatever that was, she's black, right. So it's funny because I was like, wow, good, some good diversity, and then I realized, it's no Latins. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we, well, now to be well, honest, we have not, we have not seen the prison system yet. So, uh, not, Dude, we saw so, the, so I'm sure they're all there. That. We saw the restaurant, remember the burger <laughs> no, place? And there was no Mexicans in the back washing Like dishes. I said, we haven't seen the prison system yet. So I'm sure that's where they put them all. Oh, no, 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 no. We did see the prison system. We saw them when they were locked up in, in the prison. Um, oh, was it episode four? Where um, the arrow had to go into the prison? Oh, that's right. They were right. all white convicts. I was like, okay, that's, oh, that's cool. But Yeah, but we didn't see the kitchen of that prison. <laughs> The, the actor that plays Brother Blood in season two, he's um, Mexican. Yeah, but he ain't Mexican with the last name of Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Sangria. <laughs> Brother Sangria. <laughs> but you also have um, iconic uh, villains like Count Vertigo in yeah. season one. Which I did find that that was a sad rehashing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I like the episode, but uh, Count Vertigo has a, a, a metahuman ability to basically induce vertigo or an, an easiness of standing and whatnot and an equilibrium in people normally. And here, since, again, oh, by the way, first season, it was very clearly stated in Arrow that there would be no superpowers. In other words, you could be an acrobat, you can be, you know, well-versed in fighting, but there would be no superhuman power. So Count Vertigo couldn't have his, his metahuman ability. So what they did is that they just said there's a drug called Vertigo 
that basically just disorient you and blah 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 and just right. you know just it'll just kill you. It's just like any bad drug. Well, 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 all the villains were kind of depowered to an extent. I mean, right. Deadshot was in the first like the yeah. first three episodes, or yeah. it was one of the first three episodes. Right. And I was very surprised to see Deadshot. He comes back. He comes back yeah. in the first. In the he first got season. shot in the freaking eye. That's why he only has one eye yeah. in the comic book. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's part of the one eye club, like yeah, him, yeah, him and Deathstroke. I forget, you know, I forgot about I forgot about that he has one eye. Well, he has the red eye, so right. you know, you don't know whether or not it was really just one eye, or if he just keeps his eye behind the red eye. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I and I know people who like Deadshot, including Jason Mewes, you know, um, what's his name, um, Kevin Smith's um, tag team partner. Yeah, Jason oh, Mewes. Okay. Yeah, Jason Mewes loves Deadshot. I'm like, I don't see. I why. don't get why. I no. <laughs> but yeah, so Deadshot's in it. Um, I was. It's funny because I'm watch. I was watching one of the episodes, and I'm like, wow. Um, Helena Bertinelli. Why is that name familiar? The Huntress. Huntress. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The moment you say Helena Bertinelli, I go, "Yay!" Yeah, it's oh, it's that Huntress because that's my. <laughs> it's not the real Huntress. The real Huntress was an Earth Two character, not an Earth One character. And that Earth Two character, I think we've already discussed this in a previous podcast. Um, the original Huntress was the daughter of Batman Earth Two and Catwoman Earth Two. So she was Helena Wayne. And when they had the Christ, the original crisis on Infinite Earth, and they made one good Earth, or one bad Earth, as it ended up being, um, they obviously could not have Batman and Catwoman having been married and had a kid, or even been out of wedlock and had a kid, so she became Helena Bertinelli. And they actually were pretty faithful in Arrow to that origin, the fact that her father was a crime lord, except, right. except actually in this one her father should have been dead. Um, in the comic, that's what starts her off, is that he's killed by another mob force and then she grows up learns to fight and becomes the huntress here she her father's alive he's a son of a bitch mob boss and she's just fighting the mob from the inside yeah yeah you know and and, and just quick note um ralph and i were having a debate about the hotness level of Miss <laughs> Bertinelli. so ralph comes in and i'm, and I'm kind of watching that episode and, and he and i'm like wow okay she's pretty good looking he go, and ralph's like oh she's smoking hot. i'm like okay relax with the smoking okay? no i didn't say smoking hot. i said she was hot I, I, I said she was beyond eye and we're going back and forth so it was just kind of funny but i don't know i just i just so i just see Bertinelli as a I, I envision her differently than the girl they have portraying but she still did a pretty decent yeah, job i thought she was fine with me well there was not that there's not much with the, um for them to play with with that character. I mean, you know, she's just she's just a fighter. I mean, she's not going to be you know related to Batman in the series, even no, if there's no. powers. I mean, Batman is obviously not going to be introduced in this you know yeah. series. So it's you're just like okay, so she's a girl that has acrobatic skills and she has a crossbow. I mean, which is what the Huntress is, but it's just not a lot to go with. So I mean, she was right. fine. It, you know? it was cool to see though how in the beginning you see her shooting guys with a pistol, and then and then Oliver's like. There are other ways to do things. And since you don't know how to use a bow and arrow, I thought you might like this. And you see her giving her right. the crossbow. Right. That's really cool. kind of cool. That was yeah, kinda it was cool. nice to see him slip, him, slip her his little bolts. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, I, um, and it's funny, going, going back to season one and going back to um, this show's renditions of DC characters, mm -hmm. it's funny how I look at Arrow and I'm watching him. I'm like, well, what is it about me bothers him? What is it about him? I'm sorry. What is it about him that bothers me? And I'm watching him. I'm like, I get it. He looks like a young Matt Damon playing playing an ar an Archer version of fucking the Born Identity. His fighting <laughs> style, the way yeah. he looks. Yeah, look I, I mean, I don't see the Matt Damon part, but I mean, I can. I sort of see what you're oh, saying. Oh, absolutely, like Matt Damon, or in my opinion, because you know the short haircut, hey. you know the blonde look. Like I, Matt it, Damon does not look that brolic. I 
Have you seen the Born Identity or the Born Ultimatum or the Bo- Have you seen any of them? He's not in the Born Ultimatum. I'm sorry. The, like, Ooh, burn! <laughs> <laughs> You're right again, fellow bald man. That's twice in one day. I was right, yeah, and well, the cap was wrong. Yeah, but that's but, but the first time doesn't count. It was off the podcast. Nobody <laughs> you don't have a record, but but yeah. So what I'm saying, I, like I think that the only thing that bothered me, like I don't know, he's just too young and too good looking, and I just forgot. Well, I mean, I, but, but, but again, I mean, they're doing the younger. I mean, they're not going to give us the Oliver Queen that looks like he, you know, was in his late 30s by the time no, you know, he took I the bow. Um, I don't have a problem with. I mean, he's he's he was a really good actor. I mean, not, he's a really good looking actor. Um, I like. I'm very surprised. I mean, he doesn't have a huge acting range. I'm not going to pretend that this guy's like you know the the, the it man of acting. Um, I think he does a fair enough job with the, as um, the Arrow. I think he's distant enough, and I think he he plays mentally or or almost emotionally um, vacant from his family really well. Um, so that when he does have concern, I kind of see where it warms up, but then that's where his acting ability kind of falls a little bit. But I think he does a great job when he's on the island. And being a normal guy, like I, I think he does a oh, really good job of that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Every time I watched him cry, or every time he like got tortured, his acting was great. But when they were slicing him, he's like, eh. yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Eh, he's I'm not, like, stop being a bitch. Yeah, I, I won't, I won't, I won't say this guy's a great actor. I think he does a good enough job. And again, for CW, it's, it's fine. And like you know, for the ladies out there, and for the gentlemen too, that you know, absolutely. like so he's he's um, he's Sorry. he's a really good looking guy, and he's well built. What I love though is that. Um, anytime they've had to have him shirtless, they do remember it because he is scarred up. Yes. And that and that is one thing I do like about the, the show is that they did try and give that sense of realism. I mean, a lot of the scars are what he got five years ago or over the five years he's been missing. Yep. But even the newer ones he gets in, it's like, yes, he. they're trying to give you a sense of reality. It's like, you know, you don't just go in and get cut, shot, knife stabbed, and then have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. So that in this case, it's not like, you know, he could ever really just go wandering around at the beach because people would just be like, oh, God, you are scarred and tattooed up. You know, like, I li- like that. No, it I just, like it just that. brings yeah. a sense of realism, Absolutely. you know. No, and, and, and watch him doing that salmon climb. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love I love watching anyone do the salmon climb. That just, just I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> In season two, you actually see how he ha- had gotten one of his scars. Wow, okay. He gets uh, kidnapped and uh, put on this cargo ship, and they shoot him in the gut to test him. They're like uh, a little bit to the side. Yeah, a little bit towards the oh yeah towards the side. So they leave him uh, pliers to pull out the gun, the 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 bullet, right. uh, shot I guess of uh, antibiotics, right. and also the needle to sew it up. And then the the guy in the cell next to him is like, you uh they uh, he's like why do they do this? And he's like to see if you can survive. And then you see him like reaching out for it and he's doing it himself. And then in the next scene they see uh, he's resting and he's already sewed it up. And the bad guy's like, well, I guess sewing is in your strong suit. I'd be mean, like, motherfucker, you just shot me. <laughs> Commenting on my sewing. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, but you actually saw a lot of them. You saw a lot where the stabs have come from. Yeah. I mean, you know, very the, when uh, Yao Fei finds him, he shoots him right in the shoulder with an arrow. I mean, yep. It's the first thing that happens, you know. <laughs> And, like that, that, was, and that was a great yeah. shot too because he gets shot and he turns and he just sees that 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 arrow coming right from his shoulder. He's like horrified. Like, oh. right. and, and I think he just passes out or something, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know? he because again, that's what I like is that he starts out. He's no hero. Like he doesn't come. He does not know how to fight at all. He's a spoiled rich kid, you know, that did nothing but blow off school. Yeah. Like what is he like? He's probably in his third year freshman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, like he, you know, it's and I like that. I mean, I, I I like the way they've grown the story so that the only part though that just that's funny and again, take it for what it is. I mean, it's a TV show. Is that yes, fine. He came back to become what eventually will become the Arrow. So fine. He for some odd reason chose Green Arrows out of the blue. 
But it's like, yeah, you have microchip arrows and you have toxins. When did you learn to do this on an island? Because you didn't learn any of this in school. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But somehow you've been gone and you're now a, an expert in designing well, computerized weaponry. They, they do know? say that he is smart. He just doesn't apply himself. Yeah, but smart. And where did you learn how and, to use computers also, on an island? <laughs> but, also, but also remember that even though it's an island and we don't know, because from what you guys are already hinting, they're talking about this, there are tales in his past from when he came off the island also. Yeah. So, and, and, and there's stuff on the island. You'll see more too. There's, there's, yeah. there, there are, there's groups on this island that are looking for things and want this island. I mean, yeah. they have technology. They just don't have technology like the arrow. The, my point though is that he comes back and he's the arrow in moments. It's like... Did you bring these arrows with you? I mean, like, 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 I mean, how did you go through the connections to have them created? Well, like, they didn't just somebody go, gee, we just sent like 3,000 green arrows to Oliver Queen, and now there's a guy called the Hood shooting green arrows? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I mean, and what's interesting about, about that, oh, shoot, I just lost my thought. What the fuck happened there? Senility. <laughs> how did you battle it, Mike? <laughs> No, oh, okay, now I got it now. Um, we were talking about um, the, the, the technology of the arrows. I can let that go. And, and I'm actually, I was just telling um, Ralph before we started the podcast, what makes me happy about this arrow is that it's, he doesn't have a whole bunch of super duper trick arrows. Like, right. and here's the parachute arrow, and here's the boxing glove <laughs> arrow, and here's the magnet arrow. Now, some of them are a little bit, you're right, some of them are a little bit pushing, pushing the envelope in regards to, okay, you know, suspend your belief for a little bit. But I still can deal with a lot of them. Like, the yeah, oh, yeah, I have no problem with them, really. Yeah, b before the podcast, I was trying to educate Mike in the physics of a bolo uh, bow and arrow. Yeah, his physics is about as good as his preparation for the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> by the way. Are you a physicist? <laughs> Neither I, are you. I thought that. Hey. Neither were you. I passed physics 207. <laughs> 208 is another story. Oh, so now he's going to start making arrows with bubbles on <laughs> Just for you know, physics 207 was how to spell physics. <laughs> 208 was how to apply everything else. <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny because as much as this is, I have problems with the show, as we as I always do. But, I mean, I forgive them. I forgive them. No, the show is not without problems. I mean, I, again, I'm not here to claim that this is, like, the second coming of, like, a superhero TV show. But, no. like you said, they're forgivable problems. I mean, yeah. not, like, not every episode is gold. Right. You know, and, not but, but, but I But I watch it, and I keep wanting to watch it, and I keep, like, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on edge. Where versus when I watch S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I've just been kind of under... And I've used this word so many times during the podcast. I'm going to use it again. Right. I've been so underwhelmed. Yeah. And, and you see, the in the first season, every episode... Because they hint at it once they, they start bringing in the Merlin, uh, Malcolm Merlin character in. And you, you start seeing this underlying conspiracy that's going on to where you have the season finale. And, um, Malcolm Merlin causes a massive earthquake. right, And it kills uh, thousands of people. Spoilers. 503. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I know that they bring that number up very specifically every time. Oh, you mean like every time... Five years he's been gone. Don't, 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 don't forget, he's been gone five years. Oh my God, what's wrong with Oliver? You have to understand, it's been five years. They throw that number out at four times an episode. They're trying Every to remind episode. us. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, a lot of people die. And even in season two, um, Oliver Queen's mother, at the end of season one, she takes uh, the blame for what happened because she helps to build the machine. Spoiler. But, but it, it wasn't her choice <laughs> to do it. She was, Malcolm Merlin forces her to do it. She actually even kills, or has one of the other guys that was uh, helping them killed because apparently i forgot what it was he was 
Well, she enlisted him to oh, help him kill, kill Merlin, Merlin yeah. and then Merlin realizes that someone's trying to kill him, so he just thinks it's this Japanese guy, and it's like, well, yeah, that was part of it, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I was the other one, but let me talk to yeah, you no, it's, I mean, even with telling you that, just seeing the episode where she um, admits to what she's done, it's, it's, it's a really unexpected, because usually the these kind of superhero shows don't turn in that way. Like, yeah. you know, there's so much of the, uh, I always call it Three's Company misunderstanding, you know, like in other words, where all you have to do is explain something to somebody and they would know what was going on, but instead, you know, you just leave it not said and everyone has to go like, but I thought this is what was happening. Right. Like eventually she confesses to everything and how she does it is actually really, really good. And it, 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 okay. it just takes you back like, wow. And there's another good episode where um, after Oliver finds out that she's part of the plan, right? You know, his whole thing is going after the people who have wronged the city, right? So he confronts, he actually goes to her and confronts her and pulls the bow and arrow on her. And you, you're thinking he's going to kill his own mother or nothing, right? But he's actually just doing it to scare her. Scares her so well, in fact, that she shoots him in the shoulder. Oh, <laughs> but it's great, too, because I mean, it wasn't just that she shot him. She actually... Even though it was, she didn't do it, she wasn't slick, but um, but at the same time, she was using a little bit more wiles. She's, uh, he has the arrow pulled. And, I mean, this is before he was convinced. Actually, this is before he, he knew that she was guilty. Yeah. He only knew that there was suspicion that she could have been involved. So he goes there, intending, obviously on frightening her. He's not going to shoot his own mother with an arrow. Um, so it's in a dark office. He's broken in through this window in the, uh, the Queen Consolidated building. And, uh, you know, he's got the arrow on her. She's on the ground crying. And then she's just like, I'm a mother. I have children. She's showing pictures. And as she's showing pictures, she's reaching for her gun. And then she just whips around, bang, and gets him right wow. in the shoulder. Yep. And it's just like, holy jeez, the moment, <laughs> you know. Oh, you know? So wow. it's, it, there's a lot of good, like I said, there's a lot of good unexpected twists. And it's just fun. Uh, and, and like I said, surprisingly, so I wanted, I started watching it from the beginning. But I kind of thought by the third episode, I would not be watching. Not meaning that the first three were bad. I just, in my mind, before the first one even played, I said, I'll probably make it through three and then stop watching it. It won't be any good. And it turns out it's a really good show. For those who are not, for those, for those, ah, what's up with me? Cap is back. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, for those. Where's the dummy? For those who obviously can't see me shaking my head, I'm shaking my head. And the reason why is because Mike says, oh, I, I would just watch three and stop. Mike is notorious for watching something go through an entire story arc, knowing the shit sucks, but says, I just want to see where it goes and I want to be able to collect it. He does it in his, in his comic book life. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you stuck with something, even though you're like, oh, this sucks, but I'm going to stick with it. That is not true at all. Like, I mean, come on. How Smallville started to suck and I didn't, okay, I watched all 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, 10 I mean, years? I can't even get that time back. <laughs> but even though I'm busting my shops, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I thought it was going to be horrible as well. Yeah, I the I like that it's so it's it's more realistic too because this um, Green Arrow he comes close to dying like twenty thousand times. Right. Like the airports when when the episode with Deadshot he gets poisoned by the the Kiari. Yeah, and he, he, the only way he's cured himself is with with those the, herbs in the water that yeah. he had. And then um, when he's facing Count Vertigo, he gets an, a massive overdose of the drug. A vertigo, that's the drug that they use. Yeah. Right. And he's like pretty much like spacing out and he's still fighting while he's like that. Yeah. Well, even though we mentioned how the first episode kind of opens up, I think, and you can correct me if it's second or third episode, because I know you just watched it, but I think it's by the second episode when Oliver and his best friend Tommy Merlin, who is the son of the Dark Archer Merlin, but no one knows that yet, they both get kidnapped, not because of the arrow reasons, but just for other reasons. Um, 
and Tommy gets knocked out. That gives Oliver That's a chance. First episode, to, yeah. Oh, is it the first episode? Oh, okay. First episode, Oliver yeah. gets a chance to um, escape. He just wails and takes down every single person. There's like maybe a good five or six of them. But the best part was this one guy was getting away. Oliver jumps him, grabs him by the back of the um, by the head from behind, and he's just like, "No witnesses," and just snaps his neck. No one can know my secret. <laughs> no one can know my, know my secret. That's right. And just snaps, it. and you're just like, "Okay, I think we know what rules we're playing by here oh, now." Yeah. And I like them. And then <laughs> I like them. What's funny too is that when Huntress, we just finished watching this. When Huntress shows up later and she kills um, her father's right hand man, she says the same line. Right. So no one can know my secrets. Right. And, that, that look and then Oliver just looks at it. Holy shit. Yeah. Deja vu. Right. And I think also that he was realized, because I mean, the, one thing they do hold faithful to that version of the Hunter is that she is a little bit crazier. And I think that's when he starts to see like, maybe I am a little maybe bit on the edge. Maybe pull you know? back a little bit. Which, um, is... which again, in second season, and I, and I will, can't wait to see how they do it. I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, they were doing it for um, reasons of, um, because of a friend that's died and whatnot. I'm wondering also if it might have something to do with the popularity show. But what's interesting now is he's trying, not trying so far, he's he's not killing. Yeah. Like, he's made yeah, his I've commitment that, yeah. now I've, I've, to I've not noticed kill. even, like, in, in, in spoiler, the after that. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Tommy Merlin dies in the earthquake. Oh, shit. That's why Laurel... Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Laurel... <laughs> spoiler for me. <laughs> Laurel feels that it was the arrow's fault because he didn't save him. So that's why in the in the oh, second we're episode do, we're, doing a, we're doing a Spider-Man freaking um, Harry Osborne thing. Yeah, well, you can oh, my dad. That's well, why oh, in the oh, second sorry. episode um, she has the cops surrounding him. That's why she's going after him like right. wholehearted, and she's a prosecutor okay. now instead of a defender. All right, right. But the, what the nice part though is that um, finally her father speaks to her, and he's just like, you know, you want to blame the arrow because Tommy died, and he didn't die like from an arrow. Tommy died because he was in a building trying to make sure that Laurel got out okay and the building collapses in the earthquake. It's, there's no arrow involved. In fact, he's nowhere near where Tommy is. There's no there's no life-saving arrow for that one. No, no. There's no, like, remove the concrete arrow. But, you know, the arrow <laughs> shows up at the very end and thinking Laurel's in the building, he's in there going through the rubble and that you see Tommy is um, underneath the rubble and rebar is through him. Yep. And the arrow obviously can't save him. You know, he tells him, you know, whatever he needs to say goodbye because Tommy knows his secret by this point. And then Laurel rushes into the building and she sees the archer running away. And so she's blamed him. She knows, obviously, it's wrong to blame, but she blames him for it. But, like, in the, in the new season, though, the father's just finally, like, so he's, you're blaming an arrow, the, the arrow because he couldn't save Tommy from being in an exploded building. Mind you, he you was know? in the building because she refused to leave. Right. Well, she, well, she didn't, you know, she refused to, to acknowledge that, yes. So that, yeah. no, this is one of those things where she's now realized that it was ridiculous. It's like, you know, he's a man with an arrow. He's not going to stop a building from falling, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So and they then, like what I like. The reason I was bringing that up is that I like that they don't have that go on. Like Smallville would have had that go on for the entire season. Yeah. And this one, they're just kind of like, look, let's just kind of clean it up and move on. And then the the episode where um, her father's actually working with the Arrow, mm -hmm. that was Dollmaker, right? Yes. Yeah. So Dollmaker's in the show. Oh man, I, I got a yeah. lot. To, I got yeah, a lot to catch up on. That guy's freaking creepy. And Black Canary kills him. Could you? What the fuck? Okay, yeah, so now, even I try not to do the spoilers. I, 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 I'm like, oh, and, and, and you'll what? like this. Guess you'll what? Like this. Guess what? He died. Fuck. All right. Well, yeah, by, by the way, this is the same route that that second season, I mean, second episode of Agent of Shield. Hey, you know, uh, Samuel Jackson shows up. I'm like, well, that better not be a spoiler. Oh, it's not a spoiler. Oh, no, it was just a surprise ending to the entire show. <laughs> he was in it for like two seconds. At the end, that was the surprise. <laughs> the one thing, the one thing I'll, I'll say, the, one of the things, because I talked about how much I like it, but I still have problems with it. One of the other problems I have is the whole inner monologues um, that they have doing. Like, oh, I can't let them know what's going on with me. 
Right. It's, it's doing that whole... Uh, and then it's like so much of this Arrow is trying to be a, a different, a, diff, a slightly different version of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. A Bruce Wayne that kills. And, and the way that he has this... This facade of being a happy playboy during the day, uh-huh. and it's cold hearted killer at night. It, it, it's it's like it's very close <laughs> right. to what well, the era Cap- was, Cap- was was mostly. I won't say always that. Definitely by time um, uh, Denny uh, Denny O'Neill took over for him in the seventies, he was a different Bruce Wayne. I mean, he was always wealthy and stuff like that, but they always made um, Oliver Queen the social care. Like in other words, where Bruce obviously, I mean, donates money here and there and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. blah. Oliver was a man of people. That's why eventually he, you know, let gives people know up. who he was, his he, identity. He I gives mean, up all his money. Well, he, he doesn't just company. give up. He loses yeah, all yeah. of his money. But even with the money, the, the, the little, I mean, I'm talking like he's in like a, a studio apartment, you know, the whole nine yards eventually. Even with that little bit of money, he's still out there trying to help people. Like he can't barely afford new arrows and stuff like that. They, they made him a much different, um, you know, character than the Bruce Wayne character because they, they made him for the people, not just in the superhero way. Oh, no, no, no I get it. But, 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 but it's they made him into you... a Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made him into a Robin Hood, but with, with the persona of, like, uh, I don't want to say a sociopath, but borderline, you know? Like... Oh, well, this one, like I said, I mean, he's got the, the killer instinct because, again, like, it is much more realism to it. And, 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 and the grittiness that's trying to make it Can more you be fun. a sociopath with a heart? No. <laughs> but, but here's what I'm saying. It's He's just, a killer I, with the heart of gold. <laughs> I, just, I just feel that... Um, I just find a lot of similarities to the way they play Batman in the movies and all this other stuff. And they're just saying, okay, this is Green Arrow, but he's, he acts like Batman. That's the only thing I, no, yeah. ever that bothers me. I'm like, okay, because even though I didn't like Green Arrow as a character, I liked his personality in the comic book. I, he was kind of snarky and sarcastic, and he'd go nose to nose with Batman, yeah. you know, o- over stuff. Well, because and, he always felt that Bruce was irresponsible. I mean, you know, that was the whole thing. Like, he... It, nothing about Bruce Wayne as Batman. He always thought that Bruce Wayne as a person... Um, was irresponsible because I mean they're both I mean because before even before Oliver gave up his identity you know he he did more for the people yeah. than Bruce Wayne did so he he I think he always thought of Bruce as just a a guy that you, you're trying to save the people but you don't understand the people if you, you have, know? if you've ever watched um the Justice League animated series there's an episode where um, they're recruiting they're creating mm-hmm. the Justice League and Batman is asking Green Arrow to join. And Green Arrow's like, you got Superman and superhumans. Why the hell do you want an archer? Right? He's like, why do you want me? He's like, well, you keep us all honest. And that's right. what he's saying, because like he's a yeah. pure form of that. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, but otherwise, other than that, and and the fact that you know. I don't know how much I can identify with rich people problems. <laughs> the whole thing is centered around rich people problem, with the exception of Diggs and, and his sister-in-law. And, you know, other than that, it's just like, oh, I'm so mad my credit card didn't work. It's okay. We'll have some chocolate ice cream in my big loft upstairs right. in my 16th floor apartment. Well, but that's stuff that Diggs actually brings up to him eventually. Even in the first season, he's just like, you know, it, I mean, more so he's talking about the list, but the list is all wealthy people that because that's, they ruined yeah, the city. Yeah, he does. To, yeah. You know, he's just like, you know, why don't you do something about the crime for the common people? And that's that's the whole point is that you can't have Oliver season. Queen start off as the Oliver that we know him in the comic. And even the Oliver in the comic didn't start off that way. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, I hope they don't do the whole identity thing because that's always a mistake in my opinion and that they've reversed that in the New 52 now about him giving away a secret. But my point is I'm hoping that they're going to have him grow into this, man. That's the thing. I want to watch him grow into the Oliver Queen that yeah. is for the people and that is what you're starting to see you know you see, he's yeah, starting to re- well, now that his list season, is no more yeah. 
he's even before that, even in the last season, he's realizing, you know what, there's people that need my help, uh-huh. you know, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you see it in the in the first episode of the second season. You have a group of vigilantes calling themselves the hoods, the hoods, plural. Yeah, and they're going after people who they feel are. Uh, bad for well, responsible, kind of responsible yeah. for or and they, after what's happened with the earthquake and the stuff. The mayor, like that. right? They, yeah, they kill the mayor. The mayor of the city gets killed by these hoods, like the mayor, not not the criminal called the mayor. We're talking oh, okay. about the mayor. <laughs> All right, you know, um, it's just things like that. So that he ends up, he didn't at the end, of, at the beginning of the second season, we found out that he left town for a, a year. He goes back to the and island. went back to the island and didn't right. want to have anything to do with being a vigilante, and he gets coerced back. So okay. you know that kind of a thing. All right, so I mean, it sounds like we said a lot about that. So. Let's go right for the jugular. How you guys feel about it, the series so far? So far? So far. I'll give it four arrows out of five. Four arrows out of five, okay. Yeah, I'll give it a good, I'll give it a good, good I guess, a five quivering quivers out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> five quivering quivers. Okay, I, I, and I will give it, a, I will give it seven unexpected broken necks out of ten unexpected broken necks. <laughs> oh, my neck is broken. How unexpected. <laughs> Just cause, I mean, I feel like it's got it's got some place to go, but it's it's pointed in the right direction. Oh, and by the way, before we go to break, is it me or is Thea, aka Speedy, her age? I mean, even though they say she's seventeen, there's a time where she's in a couple of clubs and she's drinking, and they're just like, oh, okay. Well, she's, she's in, well, she's Thea in, Queen, right? She's Thea Queen. That's the whole. She, in other words, imagine Paris Hilton when she was underage. No, but I'm saying that, even like his, uh, you know, Oliver, you know. When he saw her in the club, it well, was like... Well, his club, and what does he do? He takes the drink out of her hand. No, 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 but, well... The, he, right. When, when he's in, the first time they go to the club. Right. When, 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 go, when Deadshot was there. Yeah. When, when, when he's like, you know, what are you doing here? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. How old are you, 12, teen? Fuck out of here. You, your little hot skirt. Ooh, keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. And then when she was trying to talk to Tommy Merlin... I was yeah. like, "How old are you?" She, well, she's that seventeen-year-old girl that's around another guy. She's fine. She's got her. She's got the hots. Yeah. I mean, you know, she really her age has never been one of those things. I mean, because they don't really play up her age. I mean, she's seventeen now. She's eighteen. I mean, you know, you're like, yeah, but you know, she, now she's nineteen. You know? Yeah, I mean, and she's having and she's having drinks. Uh, you know, in, in this party. And I'm this, sorry, this you live charity. in what part of town? And you're talking about people drinking underage? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's never happened before. And, and I'm strong. And I'm strongly against it. <laughs> oh, I am too. And that's what and I'm saying. I'm like, like, but that's what I'm saying. But, but, in, the, the, but in the show. That's my whole point is that he does pull the drink, and anytime he sees her with a drink, he takes it. Yeah. But it's so casual. My thing is, if, if I saw my brother at seventeen having a drink, I would bust his ass. You know, like like. Well, again, but remember when, like you said, the first time, what does she say to him? Like you're able to talk, right? But that's the whole point. Remember, because he's been gone. It's not like he's been there for five years. He's been gone for five years. Well, so no, no. You have that to deal with, which is, again, it's it's a show that's growing. Like it's not yeah. that fast. So like she eventually realizes, you know what, he is right, and. Fine, he did the wrong, but I need to start realizing that I'm screwing up my life. Right. And she does start to realize that because you didn't see the episode with Vertigo yet. No, not yet. Right, so you'll see. That's what I'm saying. You'll see what happens with that. All right, cool. Unless Ralph wants to spoil it now. Well, wow. <laughs> no, no, Ralph spoiled everything else for me. But maybe that moral of the story, kids, is when it's time to do homework, make sure you watch the entire series so yes. people won't fuck it up for you. I'll and tell I'm... you this: the butler did it. <laughs> and that's what they said during um during Villains Month. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, it was the butler. Forever for evil, yes. And on that note, let's go for a quick break. And we'll be back with Meanwhile 22 Pages Later after I finish vomiting from all the spoilers that were given to me. <laughs> Hi, guys and girls. This is Mike, the finance guy, saying that me, Ralph, and the Cap want to hear from you. How do you do it? 
Visit us online at meanwhile22pageslater.com or on Twitter at meanwhile22 or email us at m22lcmr at gmail.com. Let us know what we're doing or what you're thinking. Now let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. Um, real quick before we get to the next segment, which is a really interesting segment, by the way. Um, quick shout out to a couple of people. I just wanted to shout out my boy Joe. Hope you're feeling better. I know you're going through a lot of tough time right now. He just, you know, lost his dad. So um, just want to say we're behind you. We hope everything's okay. And my cousin, my uh, my my cousin through marriage, Abel, who just got onto the podcast. Hope the sound hasn't really fucked with you that much. And hopefully you're not playing it in front of the girls because there's a lot of profanity. <laughs> and, and spoilers if they haven't watched Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. No, 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 no. My, my, my oldest cousin, out of his three daughters, my oldest cousin is 16. And she's more of a, like, a, a, what do you call it? Um, Twilight fan. Oh. And, and she's my nice. cousin, so I can't, I can't, I can't dog her. But she'll talk about Twilight. I'm like, damn, we're related. Damn. <laughs> but his skin, it glistens. <laughs> no vampires. Cat, cat brings on the haterade on any age. <laughs> I, I don't discriminate. I'm an equal opportunity hater. Fuck that. There you go. And, 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 and it's funny because we talk about me. Mike's worse than I am. No, I'm not. Oh, what? At Comic-Con, you were not hating? Okay. I, I he was, was only doing that to make you feel good, Cap. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was just mentioning things that should have been said. <laughs> On that note, speaking of things that should have been said, we were not sure what to say for the second part of the podcast, and we're going on throughout the week, and it's funny, because if you ever hear our conversations, you're able to, if you were ever able to hear our conversations, one of the funniest things is, when we're not sure about the second half, it's like, did we talk about what we're going to do for the second half? No. Oh, good. I thought I forgot. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Notorious for that. All of us, well, no matter who asks it, it's always like a, a relief thing, like, did we even talk about what we're going to talk about the second half? Nope. So this week we went through that same thing again. I mean, see what happens when I'm gone. You don't know what to do. But well, Ralph what? and I weren't expecting you to actually make it back. We we cut the brakes to the car. We <laughs> we poisoned your bottled water. You know. Time out. Before we even get to the segment, that fucking tra- I took a seven hour train ride just to get to Virginia. Seven hours to get to Virginia. And that, that just shows how stupid you are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, it only takes four hours. So it was one of those things where. It was. I mean, come on. I heard your podcast twice. That's how bored I was, <laughs> and that's how good it was. That's right. <laughs> no, dude, I had kept falling asleep. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> Sean, please text me and tell me something. I dare you. Because <laughs> Sean's the first one. I love Doctor. Oh, shut up. Okay. So, so I expect one tomorrow morning. Um, but anyways, just going back to what I was saying. Um, as we were talking about, we didn't have a second half, and Mike came up with with something that. Came across his mind, and um, I'll let Mike introduce what we're going to talk about next. So, Mike, please go right ahead. Um, yeah, I just thought, uh, why not give a little introspection, not only for ourselves, but even for our listeners. If you want to go out there and think about it yourselves, I just said, not favorite, I said, what superhero do you think most represents you, and also what supervillain? Now, again, that could be also your favorite superhero or supervillain that you like to read, but more so is... Just what do you think the properties are that, that kind of draw you to a character? Again, I'm not asking you to even make it up for someone you've never read. Um, like, for instance, there's, there are characters that I love to read just because I love their stories, I love their writing, but it, I, it doesn't mean that I 100% relate to them. I just enjoy it. Um, right. um, I'm, I'm a huge Joker fan, so people would probably think that the villain that I would pick is uh, my, not my favorite villain, but my villain that I would find rep- um, to represent me would be the Joker, and it's not. Because my anger, my my... My villainous side isn't 
as insane as his, you know, so that I, in that sense, I don't relate. I have another villain that I like. Um, my heroes, it's not the, the, the hero that a lot of people might think it would be and stuff like that. So just to give you an example of what I'm talking about is, um, again, I'm not talking about getting all into every nuance of, uh, of what this character might or might not bring. And I'm really not talking about the superpower portion of the character either. I'm saying, like, for instance, take Firestorm. Firestorm is made up of two people. He's a jock and a science nerd. Someone that likes him probably enjoys the fact that it's that jock and science nature that's combined that right. makes the character. I'm not talking about what his power is. It's just that that's probably what's drawing you to that character is that, wow, I happen to like science, but I also happen to like sports. And that's probably why you like Firestorm, you know, right. because you don't, what do they call them, like archetypes very much. In other words, it's picking on something that you're not even realizing that you're enjoying about the character, not just his power. Um, I wrote down a few, like, uh, like, um, okay, for women, obviously, Wonder Woman is very big. She's strong, she's independent, but yet she seeks peace and equal equality, but yet she still knows when it's time to take a stand and take a fight. You know, this has nothing to do with her actual abilities. This is who she is. Um, Cyclops, I know you're a big Cyclops fan. Big Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. He's a rule follower, but he's a leader to his peers, and he's seeking for a better life to lead them to. I mean, these are the kind of things that these characters represent. And in my opinion, that's what makes good superhero, which I'll get to with supervillains, is different. If you think about superheroes that have lasted, they have to have something more than just their powers. Otherwise, they don't tend to stay around long. Because like, they're flat. Right. They become flat because they, they don't have that extra oomph. If you, if you think about it, like we were just talking about Green Arrow. Right. Um, the fact that uh, as much as he's a billionaire, he's a billionaire with a conscience. That's why he sticks around. It's not just that he has arrows and shoots them. It's, it's his other part. It's his social issues that he's for. Now, let's take another arrow. Not talking about now popularity for writing reasons. Let's look at Speedy. Speedy vanished for decades. Well, he because, was having a little party. Well, he, well, he had, and... well, he had, well, right. But I mean, they fixed that in two issues and then he was fine. But he wasn't interesting. He had nothing else going for him. He just had nothing more than the fact that he was Green Arrow's sidekick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why, you know, so there's a lot of heroes, if you think about them, they don't make it because they don't offer something that the public sees and, and pulls into. So that's just my question is what, what pulls into it. Now, villains, though, are different. Villains, we were having a laugh of it it's just um, earlier, but it's villains are different. You can't make villains too relatable. Right. Because, because then either you've not made a villain, but maybe you just made more of an anti-hero, or you're really reaching out to the very wrong group of people. <laughs> you know, I use Red Skull as an example, and I'm like, you know, if you somehow have a bunch of people that can relate to a Nazi-loving, you know, Jew and all other minority-hating person... You know, if you ran into someone that's just like, I love the Red Skull, he's my absolute favorite character, you probably would really stop and think, what the hell kind of a person is this? You know, <laughs> because you know what he represents and that right. would be scary. So villains, I don't think that you relate to exactly as much. My question with the villains was, when you have that dark moment, when you're mad at so-and-so at work, that person cut you off in line, uh, you know, someone walked in front of your car or, or the car almost hit you. Where who's that villain that is your dark spot? Like, oh, if I was so-and-so right now, you know, and not just for the moment, but like, who is it that you think is your supervillain? And so that was my question. I just want to see, who okay. are you, basically? All right, cool. All right. So, so I asked you, gentlemen, who are you? All right, so Ralph, I'll let you go first because you're the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> not the baldest, but you're the youngest. Age before beauty. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go first. All right. So Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's age before beauty. I must always be last. <laughs> You're last in order, but first in our hearts. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Ralph. All right, so for the superhero who's more like me, I would have to say uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Okay. Because okay. when he starts out, he's always living in the shadow of Batman. Right. 
and in my life, I've always lived in the shadow of my brother. Okay. You know? I've always had to, everything he does wrong, I would have to try and not do. So for everything, my mom would always compare me to him. Right. Wow. So it's okay. like, don't, don't be like your brother. Don't do this. Don't do this. So that, that's been like my whole thing. So when, when Dick Grayson first became uh, Robin, he was always, you know, compared to Batman. It's always, you know, you're not as good as Batman. You, you, your deductive powers are like this. You know, even Batman himself is like, you know, you got to do better. You gotta do, right. Even though he, he loves him like his own son. Right. Well, he wants to, he wants him to improve. Yeah. So then when, uh, when Dick Grayson leaves, he becomes Nightwing just so he can be, uh, get out of the shadow of Batman. Right. right. So I feel that as I've grown older, I've come and I've become my own person. And I think from the moment that I've become taller than my brother. You know, <laughs> well, don't worry. He'll start balding soon. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then the, his true height will show. So I've, I've grown out of his shadow and I've become my own person. So okay. that's why I feel that wow. I can more relate to Dick Grayson than... Uh, that's really funny because I, I didn't... I couldn't think of who I would clearly think for the cap, but it was Nightwing. Because I know you like Nightwing, but yeah. I was thinking... I, you know, some people, like I said, I have superheroes that I like. Like, I, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but that's also not my character. Um, but yours, I said, I bet you he likes Nightwing. And then I was thinking, because I know you had a brother, but I didn't know how the relationship went. I'm, and I kept thinking for the, exactly the kind of reasons you were talking about that I wonder if you also like Nightwing for those reasons that you actually just wow, mentioned. That, that, yeah, because that, that's that's kind of he lives in the shadow of the bat. And in, in my case, for a while, I was in the shadow of my right. brother. And you also happen to have a motorcycle. Yeah, and I have a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at that so there. You know, you're, you're, you're living a dream a little bit more. So, there, I, so, so. I should keep two sticks out of your hand, huh? <laughs> I'm pretty well, if, I have a, if I have a girlfriend in a wheelchair, I got to keep her away from you too, huh? Yeah. Well, you saw me when I, when I had that bull staff in my hand. I was going crazy. Yes, yes you were. All right. So I don't know what he does at, in his room at night with that bow staff in his hand. But... This is working his grip. <laughs> Ladies, it's my bow staff. <laughs> ah, the calf is choking now. Yes. This is hilarious. Let's nice. go. And then for the villains... Well, actually, let's let's do our heroes oh, first. Okay, there, let's just okay. Um, wow, and it's funny because I was gonna leave the hero for last, but fuck it. I mean, and and I'll say I had honorable mentions because oh, there's always honorable mentions. Like I feel like there's a bunch of um, characters that I can relate to or that are part of my personality. Like I always liked honorable mention would go to Captain Marvel because for me, to, um, I felt like I'm in an adult body, but I'm a kid at heart. Right. And you know, there's a lot of that that you know when you watch Captain Marvel fight, you know. He views things, even though he is, you know, looks like an adult, he's still a kid in mind. And I think in some ways I feel that way. That's the way I go through life. And it sometimes bothers me, but sometimes I'm cool with it. So that's like an honorable mention. So you have a 10-year-old kid inside of you? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) When When you say it like that, no. Oh, goodness. All the pedophile lights just went off. Well, at least, at least our, our listenership is going up. Yeah, yeah from four to six. <laughs> um, but um, that and Captain America is another honorable mention because growing up, uh, the reason why they call me Cap is because it's short for Captain Straight Arrow. Right. Captain Straight Arrow meaning that I always did the right thing. I always like got to bed at 10. I drank my milk. I did that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff I would do. So Captain America, you know, and also the fact that he does things now. He's out of his own time era. So I felt like, okay, I could be, I, you know, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Captain America. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I couldn't settle on that. Then I thought Cyclops, of course, and, you know, the whole leadership thing and, you know, being a positive role model to his people until recently, obviously. And even, actually, even recently now. But that wasn't it. The person I ended up settling on is Spider-Man. 
and not because I like him. Wait, not wait. at all because. Let me guess. Miles Morales? No. Oh, okay. Peter not your Parker. boyfriend? No, oh. no. Boyfriend, please. <laughs> I have, I, no, my boyfriend has to have more and more hair than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gay. I'm just saying. <laughs> but all jokes aside, um, my, for me, it was Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Oh, and one of the main reasons is because, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, he's a geek. He's an outsider that finds acceptance in, um, you know, society. And that took me a while. Me growing up, I was somebody that was a big nerd. I was very awkward. I was, I was, you know, teased. And people liked me. But, you know, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, he's a little bit goofier. He's a geek. So they would, you know, kind of leave me alone. Or they would pick on me, you know. And they'd say, oh, I feel bad for him. So the way Peter Parker got picked on, I can identify with and then when he developed his powers, kind of like when I became 20. When I got into my 20s, I grew into my face. My braces came off. All this stuff came in. Now everybody was approving of this person. But, you know, I was the same person that, that I was when I was 16 and I was goofy looking. But I think the thing that I most identify with is when Peter experienced loss of his father figure. And I experienced the same loss of my father. And that loss helped change who Peter was. Because if you think about Spider-Man as a character, you think about... Um, you know, him losing his father figure, and he was selfish, you know, about everything until, you know, he realized he was responsible for Uncle Ben's death. I felt that way about my father, and that's not true. I wasn't responsible for my father's death, but for years. We all, if we all experience the loss of somebody that's close to you, sometimes there's a part of you that says, what could I have done? Of course. What could I, what could I have done to make this better? And for, for years, I felt that way. So when, to watch Peter go through that whole pain it was like yeah that's that's totally me that was that was my favorite comic book is actually a spectacular spider-man um i think it was was spectacular peter parker spectacular spider-man and it was just him talking about him and uncle ben going to a baseball game and it reminded me of reminded me of me and my dad but it's an awesome book and it just reminds me of his connection with uncle ben and that was my connection also aunt may and his connection with her and i have that connection with my mother not that she's old and frail shout out to my mother <laughs> but you know that's kind of how why I like Peter Parker a lot, and also that he uses humor to um, to get him over the times where he feels like oh shit I'm under a lot of right. pressure. So like if I'm at work, for example, like if I'm, let's say I'm at the school and I feel like um, something's coming on that it might be a little bit too much for me to handle. I'm gonna use sarcasm. I'm gonna use light humor. I'm gonna use that just to get me through. Even though in my head I'm like oh fuck what am I gonna do? And that's kind of where I look to Peter and I'm like. I'm a lot like him, or he's a lot like me, or whatever, and I, and I can identify to that. Even though in the back of his mind, he's fucking sweating, he's shitting a brick, he's using humor to kind of get him through. So I will say, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, not my boyfriend Miles Morales, as the guy, <laughs> <laughs> as the guy that I choose, the guy that I relate to the most. Right, nice. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely see that. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the cop said, I mean, there's, there's a billion and a half, you know, Things that look at, you know, I mean, the thing is always a good one. Um, you know, a freak that's really just looking for family, friends, um, and public respect. I mean, yeah. he's always a good thing like that. Um, just lots of them. Green Lantern, he's an authority figure, and he loves authority. And he also likes being with a group. You know, there's, there's so many different people um, that are out there. And I don't know what I think people would think that I would like, actually. I would, I, you know, my sister would just say Spider-Man because she knows that's my favorite character. And, you know, like I said, I think we can all relate to many different superheroes at any different point. But the superhero that I, I may not read a lot of the stuff that he's in. In fact, I don't. And he's hit or miss on when he, his popularity flares and doesn't. But the one that I always related to the most, oddly enough, is someone that you already brought up, is Captain Marvel, Shazam. That was the one that I always liked the most. And it's, it, a lot of it is just because, um, you know, he was a 12-year-old boy. Now, in the comics, he's an orphan. 
Um, he has no idea who his family is, and he, right. you know, um, so he's kind of searching for that. For me, it's just, you know, to see um, this kid that grew up in the poor side of town, which is what I did, and that, you know, he's he's looking for family. Now, granted, I, I had my mother, but I never had my father. And it's not so much that I had any longing to see him or miss him or anything like that. It's just, you just wonder, like, you know, am I going to grow up to be like my father or, you know, mm-hmm. or or what the case may be. And here's this boy that turns into literally an adult that is his father. I mean, he doesn't become his father, but the the Captain Marvel, when he changes from Billy Batson to Captain Marvel, is um, his father in image. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's been, and, and as in, um, in Kingdom Come, that's why when they thought that he was still in Captain Marvel form, but right. he had already grown up into adult Billy Batson. He just looks like his father. That's what it is. Right. So there is that question that was always in me. It's like, you know, will I be like my father? Whatever. But um, but like I said, but even more importantly, you know, the, the escapism side of it was that I was this kid from a poor side of town and I, I just, I needed to find purpose. And, you know, and here he was, he was given a destiny, you know, granted it was by magic, but he was still given a destiny um, to help people. And that's what I like to do. And, and he does. He has old-timey ways, you know. Um, and I am. I'm, I'm a guy that I like Absolutely. the simplicity of life. I'm, you know, I mean, I know that there's lots of shades of gray, but I think that life isn't as complicated as people think. I, I think it's easier to do the right thing than you think it is, you know. And, you know, Captain Marvel was known for, you know, the big, uh, the big red cheese, whatever. He's always got that big smile on his face. And that is one thing I'm always, you know, you, I may have <laughs> no, a frown no occasionally. <laughs> I may have a frown occasionally, but I am almost always smiling because yeah. even as many bad things I may have happening in my life in the past and in the present, I just still say that life is not that hard to get through, you know. Um, and I just kind of always hope that I could just, I don't know, that as long as I can still be there for other people, that life is still worth going on for. And that's why Shazam was always one of my favorite characters. Relatably speaking, you know, that's an excellent choice, man. That's a really excellent choice. Like I said, I like him though. And little things are interesting. Did you know that when they introduced him in the '40s, he actually outsold Superman for most of that decade. I read something about that. He was that popular, which I I was shocked. I didn't realize he was that popular at that time. You know. And it's funny because I remember watching the kids' superpower hour with Shazam. Oh wow! And I remember just loving Shazam, just his colors and and the way he was designed. Yeah. I had no idea how the character was, and when you when you explained it, the the the, the cheesy smile, the hey, I'm here to save you know. And, and then realizing later on, he has a kid mind in his adult body. And that is what I like about him, too. That's the other thing, too, is that, you know, what a lot of times, um, I know in the old writing, and even up until more recently, um, and I don't know how they're doing him so far, but that's the other part is that he doesn't just become a kid and an adult. Even in his adult form, he's still a kid at heart. You know, I mean, that he's he has the wisdom of Solomon, so he's not childish, but he learned as an adult, basically, or I shouldn't say he's learned, as an adult, figure he still has the the wonder of being a child and that's something also i hope to have never lost and hope i haven't lost you know okay, so it's kind of a lot of things with them all right that, that's cool that's dope <coughs> all right so we got the heroes down oh. now let's talk about the dark side yeah because, the dark side because it's man. good to talk about the bright side and i am somebody who always talks about the good but now let's talk about the dark side so ralph what villain did you choose Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Join us. We have cookies. <laughs> Even more important, we have bacon. <laughs> Actually, both t-shirts, by the way. <laughs> so, for my dark side, I really thought about this a lot. You know, I would, uh, but what it came down to 
was Lex Luthor. Is it because you're bald? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Now I'm bald. <laughs> Two on one, bald versus hairy guy. Let's, let's relax here. But mainly because you see this guy, he's, he doesn't really have superpowers per se. He's just a really, 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 really smart guy. Okay. He's a really super genius type level guy. And and what's what's interesting when growing up and I see this mortal going up against this god and actually bringing this god to his knees on many occasions, you know, seemed pretty interesting. So when I think about it, um, if I really wanted to, there are times where where I've had really evil moments and I just using my mind and like figuring out a way to do stuff, I have made people cry. And it's not like any physical thing. It was just I. I'm sorry to admit, but I've played some seriously, really bad mind games on people, and like it nice. made them cry. Wow! And I was just I was getting revenge off of like some petty thing that they did to me, you right. know. So, so when I really think about it, my dark side is super dark and super genius level. It's like you don't <laughs> want to mess with me, man. It's like <laughs> just so, to let you know, uh, the cap has been uh, you know taking things out of your bag when you're not looking. Oh. <laughs> Take them down. <laughs> All right. The Ralph Luther's coming out. <laughs> so, so this also had nothing to do with uh, the billions of dollars that you own. That wasn't the relatable part. Well, yes, I'm incredibly rich, but you know it's not just that. <laughs> I don't like to brag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but for the dark side, Lex Luther, me and him, and I can understand, like, because I don't really. When I was in high school, um, when I was in junior high, I was like, high school. I was, I was actually doing it. When I was in junior high, they really picked on me because I was smarter than everybody. I, right. I blew the bell curve like past like. I know what you mean. Everybody hated me because of it, you know? And it's like, oh, every time there was a question asked, the teacher would always just look straight to me. And it's like, I wasn't the one raising my hand going crazy to answer the question. I just knew the answer. Right, right. But when no one else answered it, of course, it, it fell on me to answer the question. Right. But uh, in junior high, I wasn't really good with, like, dealing with it, you know? So I, I, I withdrew to myself. I was very, um, uh, what's that word? Antisocial. Okay. And I stayed to myself. But when I got to high school, I changed a little bit. I knew how to deal with it because right, of what happened in junior high. And after a few people, I had a run-in with them. And I, you know, I used my superpower against my, <laughs> my evil Luther power, I would say. You know, it, it, it calmed down. And after a while, I didn't have to do that anymore. Because right. I, I found my way. I, I became a cool nerd. And it was actually cool to be smart in high school. Nice. Not bad. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. The idea but, of you know, you know, being the smart one and the people leaning on you. And, oh yeah. And people, you know, like being jealous of what you have and trying to take advantage of what you have. So then yeah. you use your powers to kind of fuck with them. And actually, this I'll tell you this one thing that I did. Um, there was this kid. He was constantly cheating off of me on, on my test, right? And, mm-hmm. and then uh, I got in trouble one time because I told him to stop, right? And the teacher thought I was cheating off of his test. Mind you, this guy failed every freaking test. That he took beforehand, so why would I cheat off of him? Anyways, I got in trouble because of that. So to get him back, I let him cheat off of me on the next test, right? And um, he failed so badly that he had to like stay after school because um, I, I fed him all the wrong answers. I, I I did like a switch. I had two copies of the test on, oh, and okay. then before I handed it in, I. I crumbled up the bad one and gave the teacher the one with all my right answers. Oh, God. Nice. Wow. So this, so this guy feels so bad. It was like the, the final test we had to take, so he had to take the course over again. Nice. Wow. wow. And, and, <laughs> a, and a shout-out to President Obama. You now know what happened. <laughs> I was about to say. You, you got the last laugh. <laughs> I was going to say, Ralph, did you uh, um, have you ever seen this guy since? Hmm? 
Yeah, actually, now we're pretty cool. I talk to him every once in a while. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You can't be Lex Luthor doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, friends with him. <laughs> you know me. I'm. Just, we're guys. We don't hold grudges, you know? We don't hold grudges like women. That's yeah. what I am. Um, wow. Now we apologize to all the women everywhere. <laughs> Our sexist, misogynist cap here. No, I'm just saying, I mean, people always joke around. They go, yeah, you know, you know, women are, are a lot more petty than men. That's what they always say. I mean, I know I'm a guy and I know I can hold a grudge. Shit, I can fucking hold a grudge I, like a briefcase. I don't hold grudges because it only stresses you out and brings you're right. you down. No, you're right. But, but, but there's always that one time that you grip tight and you're like... Ugh. So. I'm a Scorpio. I don't have to hold a grudge. We just never forget. <laughs> There's a difference. Scorpios, I, yeah. Yeah, that's we, right. Yeah, uh, we, we just never ever forget. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, what you got there, Cat? It's funny because now hearing his, it's it, it's told like my mind kind of switched. I was going to say Mr. Freeze because you have because you're bald. <laughs> like, what is up with the two of you? <laughs> going to be Mr. Freeze because I thought I thought of the question in regards of who could you relate to as a villain and why and I thought about Mr. Freeze because I thought about his whole motive is based on the love that you know that he had he never, he wants to get it back he wants to you know rekindle that and how you'll do anything for, for, for somebody you really care about and for anybody I really care about I'll go through hell and high water to make sure that they're taken care of whether it's family or whether it's whether it's you know my girlfriend or whether it's just somebody I really care about I'm gonna do whatever I need to do whether it's illegal or not so so you're saying you'll do anything for love will you do that <laughs> really you quoted meatloaf <laughs> and I have to apologize to all the meatloaf fans <laughs> wow but no but 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 and but I was gonna go that direction, and then I started thinking uh, as listening to you talk about Lex Luthor, it started having me think about who you know who when I'm angry, who am I like? The Hulk, the Red Hulk, Rock. Oh no, Rock! <laughs> fucking what the fuck? No, Scar. No, actually Magneto. Magneto. Because Magneto is a guy who has a lot of... Because your helmet makes you look bald? <laughs> God damn it, Mike. I hope when you go, you say your villain is, is somebody black. Please. <laughs> hope it's somebody black. <laughs> Please. I know it'll be skin tight because all superheroes wear skin tight stuff. So we're like, okay, well, they match... My villain my... will be named Jerome. He was, he was in a panel of some Spider-Man comic in the 70s selling drugs, but we didn't know his story. Ace. Ace. <laughs> Anybody who knows Spider-Man... Read Ace. That's such a horrible fucking villain. <laughs> Looking like Michael Jackson's um, thriller. Oh, beat it. Wow. Whatever. But the reason I said Magneto is because he is a villain, but he has, I want to say he has, I guess you could say he has values and he has like, yeah. he has boundaries and he's very passionate about his cause. Okay. And, he, and he believes that, you know, if you push him to a certain point, you know, he, he'll make sure that you pay. But he has, you know, he, he's, he, he's not too ir- irrational with, with some of his punishments and stuff like that. Well, actually, no, he is kind of irrational. Yeah, well, it depends on his mood. Like when he destroyed the entire Russian nuclear sub and killed everybody on board. Or, or, yeah. or, 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 or when he made the, the polar ice caps melt. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess I am like him because when I do get mad, I am a guy who, who has order. If you, if you know me, either one of my jobs, I'm very like, very like a stickler about rules and about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So you're anal compulsive? I won't say anal compulsive, but I'll say that, you know, I'm all about rules. I'm all about rules and things have to be run a certain way. And then when you cross me, if you really fuck with me, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take things and turn it against you and really make your day horrible. 
You don't want to make the cat mad. Like at at the at the fitness club that I work at, um, I have employees there who try to push my limits. Right. And they'll like like this is one girl and she comes in. They push your buttons. You know, this one girl is like, she always wants to leave early. She'll work a shift from like three to seven. Three to seven is four fucking hours. How fucking horrible is a four hour shift? Can I take a half hour break? Can I leave early? <laughs> so there was this one time that she was you know. She she came in late, and um she's there. She goes, I um I know I'm supposed to get out at seven thirty. Can I get out at six? Why? Well, you know I'm just kind of tired and I want to work out. So I ended up lying to her and telling her she had to work till late. <laughs> and, Ooh, <laughs> and she evil was, man! You made her work half an hour more. <laughs> and then what's funny is my boss had kind of heard about it. My boss was like, had told her, yeah, you were only scheduled till seven seven thirty, and she was so angry with me. Not not my boss. The girl right. <laughs> and my boss like I would have done the same thing too <laughs> so but, but just saying I'm like Magneto also because I have a very strong sense of people and pride in my ethnicity as a Latin male as a partial black male as a partial black male um, you know I have, I have a thing about culture and when you fuck with my culture and when you fuck with people in my culture I get very very like I don't know if you say territorial but I get very defensive right and uh-huh. Magneto's very like I mean so, a, mu- a mutant can spit on the floor and litter and they'll want to, and a punishment goes, you know, he, they might want to punish that mutant, and Magneto will turn around and be like, he didn't let her die, you know? Because <laughs> he's a mutant, is that why you picked on him? Die! Right. So that's, that's kind of how I am. So, uh, I, so, so you're the Puerto Rican Black Avenger? I saw you the other day, yeah, that was you, Puerto huh? Puerto Rican Black Avenger? Yes, I, I saw you. You were wearing the Puerto Rican flag and the thing, and then that the spandex. That would be Captain Puerto Rico, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just Cap- Bucky. Captain, <laughs> Captain Boricua, which was a really cool t-shirt, by the way. So I'll just say, if it comes down to me, Magneto. Nice. All right. All right. Me, I thought, you know, at first I thought it would be, uh, I don't know who I thought my, my, my person was until I started to think about it. I mean, I, like I said, I love the Joker, but the Joker... That's not the kind of evil I go to in my mind when I think about that someone's pissed me off or, or whatever else. It's not, I mean, you know, I may want them dead, you know, like <laughs> if it was that bad. I mean, in my mind, I mean, you know, I'm not going to do anything to it, but I don't have that insane unplanned. I'm too logical. I'm too, I'm too much of a thinker to just have an unplanned sense of revenge or something like that. Um, You're very calculated. Yeah. My person, so my go-to villain, I realized, and, I re- and then I started to think back, and I'm like, yeah, I liked his stories during the 80s and even in the early 90s, and it's wise. My go-to guy is Dr. Doom. Wow. I, I could totally see that. I is like it Dr. because Doom. you own your own country? Um, just about. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about. Just about my own country. Um, that, uh, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, Dr. Doom, he is a genius. And, um, you know, he's, he's skilled in his technology. He knows his sorcery and things like that. So he's a genius, and he's multitasking on how to get things done, and especially how to, to rule and to put people under his thumb. Now, you know, in my angry times, you know, what I'm thinking of is that, like I said, he is, he's very calculating, you know. Um, he also knows how to use others, his minions, which he will, in order to get things done. He also knows how to manipulate people in order to do things for later. That's just how Dr. Doom works. He's and, a, a master chess player. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, the, well, actually, Kirby, uh, Stanley, and Jack Kirby are the ones that created Doctor Doom. And Kirby, he modeled Doom after death yeah. itself, and really? said like so that his armor was supposed to represent the skeleton of death. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. that was that's, interesting. That's I was cool. just reading about that um, a, a while ago, and I thought that was an interesting you know thing. Um, so that's that's my place to go. Like I said, I mean, and Doom also has his 
he has his rules as well, kind of like Magneto in that sense as well, you know, um, because he is the ruler of a country and he may be a dictator for life or the ruler for life. He's not a dictator, he's a ruler for life. Um, but he cares for his people, you know, so that that's the thing. Like, you know, it's the people that I love, my family, the people that I consider my friends, the people I'm close with, I'm very protective of them, you know. Um, and anybody that steps into that, you know, that's what gets my anger up. It, it's it's fighting for my people, for, for my home country of things, you know, and that's what gets my ire up. And like I said, and usually my revenge, I'm not a swift person for revenge either. Just like, you know, Dr. Doom, I mean, you know, if he's cornered, sure, he's going to be firing his blast. But otherwise, if he senses defeat, he's just going to go back and plot on how to take you down. And that's my thing is I, I, I will sit there and think about what's the worst thing that I can do and whatnot, or how I can at least inflict the same amount of pain back to another person. Now, that's not my thing I like to do, but that is what goes well, through when my mind. When, when, when pushed. Right, that's my push to, um, comes to shove kind of thing. And, um, you know, but like, but, uh, you know, example, not example so much of, um, of getting back uh, in a mean way, but like kind of a uh, story very much similar to Ralph's that in high school, I was, again, I was very similar. I was the smartest kid in the, in the class kind of a thing, you know, straight A student, never had to try. I mean, I got eighth grade. I think I missed 120 days out of the school year, and yet I had straight A's on every single test, you know. It was just, <laughs> school was just easy, you know. So by the time I got into high school, you know, I was this overweight kid then, um, you know, I you know, really had no one to talk to, and I was just this bookworm, and that's all I did. I mean, I, I would do all my math homework, I would do the whole book of math homework in one month. Dang. So in September, wow. I would do the entire book for the whole year, which was usually two years worth of a book, you know. Now you see why we call him the finance guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that kind of a nerdy thing. But, um, but like I said, I mean, I, I wasn't a person. I mean, I had been in fights in school, but I mean, I'm not a fighter. You know, I certainly wasn't looking forward to doing that kind of thing. And I went in West Philadelphia, which is where I grew up, is just was not a friendly place uh, in very many ways. And then I went to Overbrook High School, which was a moderately dangerous school. Um, so how I survived was the, let's not call them gangs, but let's just call them strong male cliques. <laughs> for the sake of argument. Because I, I don't even think they were the level of gangs, but let's just call them strong male cliques. The guys, Young men clubs. Exactly. <laughs> you know, with clubs. <laughs> um, but the two guys that kind of were the heads of both sides of the cliques, they were, they were friends, and I mean, I won't say friends, they were civil, especially because we're in the same homeroom. We all had the same um, last initial. Um, and luckily neither of them were that bright. Um, <laughs> and yet I was so that both of them relied on me for answers, not so much like doing homework kind of thing, but just like, like kind of Ralph was saying, like cheating off of me and stuff like that. Now, in my case though, I let them. Oh. And in that, anytime anyone would try and pick on me in school, if those guys were around, they would just be like, no, no, you leave Mike alone. He's cool. So, you... so like, it's that kind of a thing, like where I use the people. I said, you know what? I'm smart. What am I going to do? To make sure that I don't get taken advantage of, I'm going to use my smarts. <laughs> you know. So what you did was what a lot of people do in prison. You became their little bitch. Sort of. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say he became his bitch. Even though I would love to say that. That shit is hilarious. That shit is hilarious. But no, I say he's mine. He, 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 it's that guy that that is is pulling the strings, but meanwhile you couldn't tell that he he's Kaiser Cersei. Right. And that, and that is what I like to, Well, that is what I like to do, and that is what I tend to do very often. Which is also, sadly enough, a very big Scorpio trait too: is pulling strings. Like Scorpios don't like to be the center of attention; they mm -hmm. like to manipulate behind the scenes, you know. We're and the also, wizard behind the curtain. Exactly, you know. But um, and also like you know, just like Doctor Doom, I don't like the idea of 
the end result being that somebody else has gotten the upper hand over me. I, I don't like that. I mean, I don't mind if it's a fair, like if you're talking about who wrote something better or drew something, but hey, I'm not, I'm fine sharing this, the spotlight that way. But if I feel that you've done me wrong to get the upper hand, that's when I, I it just brings out the villain in me right then and there. I don't like it, you know. Yeah. I don't like to see mistreatment. I don't like to see the underdog done, and that brings out the villainy. But my villainy is generally plotting how to take you down. You know? Wow. Speaking of uh, revenge, a really... the show? No, oh, no, no, no. I love that show. Oh God, please with the with, with the horrible shows. <laughs> All right. Uh, a really good revenge story was The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh yeah. You ever read that or seen the movie? I've seen the, the movie. Mo- I, the movie was good. I enjoyed the movie. There was a there was one scene in the movie that's very iconic where um, uh, Edmund was the, the name of the character. He's getting his revenge on the the police chief that wronged him, right? And he uh, gets him. I think it was framed. Mm-hmm. So when he's being carted off in the in the in the police car, right? Um, he left him a gun, and he's like, um, "I left you a way out if you want it, right?" So then the cop is, takes the gun and puts it to his head. And he clicks it, and nothing happens. And then all you see is Edmund come right up to him at the window, and he's like, you didn't think I let you off that easy, did you? <laughs> that shit wow. was just incredible. I love that movie. I'm going to go home funny. and watch it right now. <laughs> wow, okay. But it's, it's, it's a great fun. story of revenge. Yeah. I, I think about, like, you guys talking about, and it's funny how we have very similar backgrounds, I, even though I, I've known you guys for a while, but I didn't think how, how similar our backgrounds are. In regards to like where we came from, from elementary school, junior high, to now, yeah. right? There's a lot of similarities. So you know what that means. One of us got to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Um, just to let you know, I've okay. already written down files plotting each one of your demises. <laughs> what are you, Batman? No, no, no. I need plotted my... our weaknesses. <laughs> I have each and one of your weaknesses. I know how to kill you, so don't well, don't tempt me. It's actually really easy. I mean, you're you're both of you know Latino descent. I just pretty much poisoned a plate of rice and beans. And... <laughs> That was pretty much it. Damn it, he's found our weakness. It's so much easier to poison a watermelon, though. Okay, so, <laughs> so there and you now have it. we apologize to all the black people in the world. Holy <laughs> man. I beat him to death with one of my own ribs, but you know it's hard to get a rib from a black man. <laughs> there you have it. Our thoughts on who we relate to as superhero and supervillain characters with a smidge of racism. <laughs> On the go. You thought the segment went away? It didn't. It's back. Because I'm back. The cap. Yes. It's back like a bad rash. <laughs> Sounds like something personal, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so here, so here, you do, here, here we go. I throw out quick questions. They give me quick answers on everything geek or otherwise. Oh, what else do we talk about on here? Well, well, rash is obviously according to you. And your personal problems, which no one gives a damn about. Oh, please, you and your bad TV shows. Oh, once upon a time. Oh, I'm suspending, I'm suspending your man card too, Mike. <laughs> Again, who gave you the power to suspend man cards when you haven't had one since 1987? Okay, first 67, then 87. I'm glad you moved it down. So now Mike is 50 when I lost my man card. <laughs> and if you can name the event that I lost my man card, I will buy you dinner. Oh, there was that one time when you were with your girl, and then uh, let me not just say that. <laughs> All I can say is texting. That's not Ralph. <laughs> I'll tell you that story later, Mike. <laughs> All right, so um, you know the usual drill, guys. Um, I give quick questions, they give quick answers. One day, I would love, uh, and for the audience, feel free to um, hit us up on our Twitter handle or email us with questions on Geeks on the Go because. 
even though we come up with the questions, I pretty much come up with the questions, I would love to hear what obscure questions you guys have in your minds. So if, please feel free to send it to us. We'd love to hear it. All right, you guys ready? Ready. Ready. All right, ready and go. Which Marvel or DC character who died were you very happy to see come back to life? Ralph. Batman. Batman, okay. Mike. Nightcrawler, and the issue starts, I think, next week. He's not alive yet, damn it. <laughs> All right, let's play Superhero Survivor. Which show dies if it was up to you, Doctor Who or Once Upon a Time? Mike. Uh, Once Upon a Time. So long, Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. Those fairy tales are going down. Down. <laughs> Cap. Fuck them both. Um, <laughs> all right. Thor, The Dark World opens this month. Actually, it opens November 8th in theaters. How are you going to watch it? Opening night sometime this month or on bootleg? Ralph, the pirate. I will wait until it, I can download it online. All right. That fucking figures. Arr. Mike. <laughs> sometime this month, which is odd because so November 8th is also sometime this month. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, who would be the fourth member of this lame superhero group? Jubilee, Gambit, Thunderstrike, and... Squirrel Girl. <laughs> All right, Ralph, we're jumping the gun. And we're out of time anyway, but we're keeping going. Mike. Maggot. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. I, I, I didn't even have one because it took me so hard to get these guys um, on a list. And finally, last segment we discussed, which hero did you relate to the most? Who was your runner-up? Ralph. Batman. Batman, okay. Mike. Spider-Man. All right. And Cap? Captain America. Nice. Ah, so, there you go. Once again, the the holy trinity of geekdom is back. And um, that there goes another show of uh, Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. For Ralph B. Tech. You don't even know who we are anymore. You've been gone that no, long. No, because I'm thinking of something to say to Sean. I was going to say, for Ralph B. Tech and Mike the Finance Guy, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And Sean, I took my Sean back. When are you going to call in and